Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. The star this morning says it could be time to clean the barbecue. <laughs> Cut the grass. Do a bit of weeding. You've been caught by surprise. It could be time uh, for barbecue weather. They talk about the temperature soaring as high as 16 or 17 degrees. I don't know if they're talking about us down here at 16 or 17 degrees. I hope so. Certainly by Wednesday or Thursday it could be not too far off that. So at least we've got something nice to look forward to uh, this week. I'll talk about weather uh, and maybe climate change a little later on this morning. Dr. Nick Flynn makes the front of this morning's Echo today from my Cork GP. He says he's concerned at the level of sickness in the community. The headline making the echo this morning is bring back the masks. So last week it was Senator Jerry Buttermer and this week Cork GP Nick Flynn. Now he's seeing it at the cold face. He's seeing, he's seeing, he's seeing an awful lot of people with, uh, within the community at the moment who are sick and are miserable and require extra care. But they don't need to go to hospital. But he says, um, uh, I would be concerned, not as concerned as I was before, says he. So a bit of a COVID spike going on, but no time to panic. Um, that's why uh, the Mirror this morning says that uh, there could be a fourth jab required as Ireland braces itself for the next wave of cases. Kind of interesting to see uh, that COVID is back in the news again and back on the front and inside pages yet again. We had a respite from it uh, for a good month or, or six weeks, but a fourth COVID jab. Actually, the fourth booster is already being rolled out to people who are immunosuppressed, but they're talking about a fourth jab required uh, for the next wave of cases. I don't know, what, they, are they, what are they talking about? The autumn or next winter or what? Got to learn to live with this. There's a thousand in hospital. Uh, yeah, but an awful lot of them were in hospital for different things and found to have tested positive for COVID while in the not in hospital because of it, but with it. So the next thing now, apparently, that's going to be hammered, they're telling us, and I thought it had been hammered already, was the cost of food. Isn't inflation doing its damnness with regards to supermarket prices? So food is the next thing to skyrocket in price following fuel inflation, adding even more pressure on the household. Sorry to be starting the week like this, incidentally, but it's a front pager <coughs> that makes this morning's mail. And <coughs> there's an interesting story in the inside pages as an example uh, with regards to the local chippy. Now, in the mail this morning, they talked to a Burdock's chipper in Dublin and also uh, the Embassy Grill in, in Dublin, two fine chippers, but we'd bait them hands down in Cork with the likes of Lennox's and Casey's and the Golden Fry and Murphy's and Dino's. And my apologies, I can't list every single chipper in Cork, but you're all fantastic. So takeaway prices are taking a battering, if you'll pardon the pun, because the cost of fish is going up. The cost of spuds is going up. Somebody was telling me that the cost of oil in the chippers is going up. Frying oil is up. Uh, and um, did I hear somewhere at the weekend that a lot of the oil in the chippers actually originates in Russia? And, play, and, and that's one of the reasons why. So the humble price of a portion of fish and chips and it got me thinking, actually, as to the cost of a bag of chips on Lisa. We might come back on that a little later on, have a bit of a have a bit of a laugh on it as to, you know, how much is the average bag of chips in Cork and where would you get the cheapest bag of chips? In Dublin in the mail, they say, a bag of chips used to cost three euro twenty and now it's gone up to three euro fifty. But what's that like? Is that just a regular bag of chips or a large bag of chips? Is it a carton? Is it, um, you know, the good old-fashioned one where you get that bag of chips wrapped in the paper and then they throw in the extra scoop? So I'd love to talk about that later on, maybe the cheapest bag, cheapest bag of chips on Lisa. But there's a story in the start which actually concerns me. I'll tell you why it concerns me in a moment, but it has to do with the humble spud. You may not have known this, but nearly 90% of the spuds we use to make chips in Ireland are imported from Britain, Israel and Egypt. But I thought Dino Cregan 
uh, told me some weeks back when we had him on the air talking about chips that his buds are uh, Cork's buds. But they're saying that 90% of the spuds we use are imported. Um, chipper, chipper spuds. I mean, you know, obviously you go into a supermarket, you get different stuff, but I guess chippers order differently perhaps. They might sometimes buy them, you know, pre-chipped. But they're saying they come in from overseas. So that's a, that's a worry. But what really bothers me about this article is it says, Ireland is the home of the spud, the potato. Um, we relied on it so much that we starved in our millions when it failed in the famine. And I think there was an opportunity there to say a little bit more about why we starved in our millions when it failed in the famine, when the country at the time was absolutely abundant with food. There was plenty of it to go around. But of course, the Irish weren't allowed to eat it because it was all for export out of uh, ports like Cork. And, and you know, talking about uh, imports and, and exports, and obviously I'm not talking about human cargo here. I'm talking about wonderful families coming from Ukraine, 9,000 who have settled in Ireland and thousands more coming uh, on the way. And the Taunishta has said that himself and his partner are also offering up their home to help. Um, the government has already placed 4,500 Ukrainians uh, in uh, hotels and B&Bs in Ireland. And I'm hearing of hotels that aren't taking any bookings now. Like if you want to go to some Dublin hotels, you won't be able to get in there because they're shut for booking because they've given over the hotels now to um, uh, Ukrainian refugees. And of course, I see some texts coming in over the past two or three days as well saying, why are hotels doing that? Is it because they can get more money from the government to house Ukrainian refugees uh, from war-torn Ukraine? But uh, 9,000 have arrived. And so with 9,000 arrived, 4,500 have gone into hotels and B&Bs. And the other 4,500 or so are staying with friends and families or have been provided accommodation. More about that in a minute. I have an update on Elena's story. But areas like, as the examiner says this morning, places like the Green Glens Arena in Mill Street, and the National Show Centre. They're being lined up as short-term accommodation for Ukrainian refugees. And as Ukrainians are coming here, Irish people are leaving. And for the first time in our history now, it's not a lack of jobs that's driving immigration and people to go overseas. It's literally a lack of housing. And, and that's a story from the Mirror today. But not just housing on its own, um, not just the cost of being able to buy a house or rent a house, but say, for instance, the cost of having children and childcare and just the cost of Ireland in itself, where everything is so expensive. And I know I mentioned this some weeks ago. It's a story in the examiner because they kind of nail into more of the figures regarding care of the elderly. Nearly 5,000 elderly people now are without any carer or any assistance in their own home because of staffing crisis, because of a chronic staff shortage in the sector. I don't know why that is, why more aren't going into it or more aren't being hired. Uh, but they are now saying that it has jumped. You know, this would be what we are known as the, in the old days, home help. Uh, home care assistance. Uh, it's jumped from a list of 1,375 people on the waiting list at the start of the pandemic to over nearly 5,000. The accurate figure is 4,787 elderly people now in their own homes without any care. And that is a very sad indictment. RTE make the news, um, and uh, it's uh, it's not good news, really, from, when it comes to people who pay uh, the licence fee and wonder why in the name of God they do it. But I suppose people need to get to work, and on that basis, RTE managers received over a million euro in allowances in one year uh, to get to and from work. It's quite interesting, actually, because 
There's 117 managers earning over 100,000 a year uh, and 22 of them are earning between 150 and 250,000 and they're probably worth every penny of it. I know nothing about that, but the allowances then uh, are worth 4.1 million uh, for the entire workforce. I think a car allowance payments ranging from five grand to 25,000 euro each just to get to work. Uh, I mean, there might be some work-related stuff, but in the private sector, a lot of people do work-related stuff and don't get paid for it. But with an RT, they do. They get mileage rates and, and things like that. And 126 of them got over a hundred grand a year uh, in those kind of um, in, in, in mileage. Uh, Thirty of them were in the 150 to 250 thousand bracket. Uh, most of the workforce, you might remember, with an RT rejected uh, wage cuts, and you know. Um, that was very interesting because they got to vote as to whether or not they should be given a wage cut or not. And, you know, people wondered and were shocked as to why they voted against it. I think anybody would. But it was a time when many other people were actually losing their jobs due to COVID and taking wage cuts. But not an RTE. Um, the Tina Satchwell mystery continues. And yesterday was the fifth anniversary of her disappearance. 8.45 at the time. She went missing on the 20th of March, 2017. I won't say much more about it now because I'll be returning to it on the fifth anniversary of her disappearance a little later on this morning. But the Guardi have issued a new appeal for her whereabouts. They continue to investigate, they say, uh, and uh, continue uh, to trace her whereabouts and have asked for uh, issues, you know, a fresh appeal to the public who might have some kind of information. And I'll come back to that a little later on. And if you um, are putting on the weight and want to get rid of it. Um, there is a new miracle pill, apparently. It's a jab, sorry, not a pill. It's just been given the green light for use in Ireland and other European countries. It's a drug called Wegova, Wegova, and apparently it will revolutionise the treatment of obesity by reducing your body weight by almost a fifth within a year. It's a once-a-week appetite jab that will cut your appetite by all accounts. So if you ain't got the willpower, then you can get the jab instead. And the papers also this morning talk of Noel Sheehan, who's a barber out in Blackpool with the bald one. The baldy barber in Blackpool has a singing barber in the shape of Noel Sheehan, who, um, and it's the 85th anniversary actually of Moriarty Barbers, not just in Blackpool, but the origins of the barbershop on Merchant's Quay. Um, and Mick was saying recently that he wanted to highlight the characters and the electric atmosphere that makes the Baldy Barber what it is, uh, renowned on Lee side. Um, this is Noel Sheehan, um, because the Echo uh, posted uh, some audio and video this morning of um, the Baldy Barber's singing barber in Blackpool, Noel Sheehan. Save your love, my darling, save your love For summer nights with moon and stars above to say you love, I'll always meet you. Save your love, I'll always see you. Save your love for love and for me. And I hope to have a chat with the great singing Barbara a little later on this morning. Maybe even be able to encourage him uh, to sing a song live. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Calls on the way. The Neil Prenderville Show. Yes, indeed. So a nice bit of weather to look forward to just ahead of that, actually. Does anybody... I know that Michal Martin went over to Washington, had the bowl of shamrock, and everything was hunky-dory. He was going to meet Joe Biden, and it was something that he always wanted to do, to go to the White House as Taoiseach of Ireland. It looks like that's not going to happen for him now. But he still isolating in in Washington, never got to meet Biden. I think they met virtually on a screen or something. But does anybody feel sorry 
from Eohar Martin say on a human level? I mean, you can criticise the political aspect of his life for leading the country or the state of the country, but on, on a human level, I mean, it's such bad luck, isn't it? I mean, I know. Listen, people couldn't get to weddings. They couldn't get to funerals. They were looking outside the window. Their loved ones dying in nursing homes. I understand all of that. People couldn't get passports. Uh, but I couldn't help but, on, say, on a, on a human level, to be so so near and yet so far. And never to meet the president because he himself went and, and got COVID. And in other news then, of course, um, I hear that the weather here was terrific. Just a bit of a shout out, if you don't mind, before I get into calls. I went down to uh, Alicante for four nights, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, um, with the, out of the Ryanair flight. And it was jammed going out and jammed coming back with a lot of people heading off to try and get a bit of sun. <laughs> Except... Except there wasn't any sun. There was an awful lot of rain and there was wind and there was sand blown in from the beaches and everything. They were telling me down there actually in places like Althea uh, and, uh, you know, popped into Benidorm and different places like that, that they only get, um, uh, they only get like maybe uh, 10 days of rain a year. <laughs> they got it, they got it all in one 10 day period. I mean, it was just so wet and so windy. A lot of people were just doing things indoors. And I suppose there were people down there for parties. So they spent a lot of time indoors in, in pubs and what have you. But there was a great bunch of girls went from Blackpool. I think Blackpool, because they mentioned Blackpool to me coming back on the flight uh, yesterday. And they were there for a 50th. Fab at 50, they call themselves. And one poor girl couldn't go and got left behind. And I think the gang of girls are actually going to meet her in Blackpool and Quinlan's yesterday when they got back to tell her all the goss after their trip to Benny Dorm. But the Fab at 50 crew, I met them on the way out, met them on the way back, great bunch of girls, and I promised them a shout out this morning. But it, it rained all the way along all of the costas, right? And all the way over to Portugal, apparently, was getting all of this rain and this wind, and it was just torrential, the rain and the wind. And then yesterday, when we all made our way back to the airport, what happens... No rain, blue skies and abundant sunshine as we're climbing the steps back up to the airplane. Uh, it was just a, a head rack. But what can you do? What can you do? you got to take it in your stride. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Last bit of business that we did um, before we quit uh, early last week for the St. Patrick's Long Festival was chatting with Elena. Uh, who was coming over from uh, Ukraine uh, with herself, her mum and her 14-year-old daughter. Wouldn't you believe it? John called and said he had a home and a house that he could give uh, the family uh, down in West Cork, down Bandonway. Origi- and I wanted to update to see if Elena had arrived and had settled in over the past four or five days. Well, it was Aideen who originally put out the plea for accommodation. So I'm going to chat to Elaine in a moment, but first to Aideen, just to talk us through what happened since last, uh, since last Wednesday. Aideen, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, thank you. Great to catch up with you, because you're the catalyst behind all this. So what happened since I last spoke to Elena? Elena? Okay, so um, Elena managed to get on a flight with her mom or her cat, um, in Krakow. And Did you just say you just broke up there? Did you say she got on a flight with a mother and her daughter? Mother, daughter and her cat. And the cat. I forgot the cat. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So they, they boarded the flight successfully and after they had to land in Frankfurt and then got on the, another flight. And Can you just bring a cat on an airplane incidentally? Is the cat not going to have to go into quarantine or nothing like that, no? No. Um, Lufthansa and there's a couple of airlines will accept a cat and um, <laughs> once it's under 8 kilos which includes the carrier um, you can bring the cat on board the flight Okay, a thin <laughs> cat with a light four, carrier Okay, right 
Yeah. Exactly. But the poor cat was terribly shocked and it had a little accident which was not pleasant for Lena and her family, as you can imagine, on the flight. Uh, and and the uh, rest of the passengers, I would think. Yes, so so they were pretty traumatised, everybody, I think. So they, when they, they arrived in Dublin and the Red Cross was there to meet them, set them up with SIM cards and phones and then back onto a bus to Cork. Not a great phone line, Aideen. Move around a little bit there. So they got okay. cleared through Red Cross. That's all yes. very good. And then they got a bus to Cork. Right, go ahead. Yes, can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. We'll do the best we can. Yeah, so I, I met them in Cork and drove them to Bandon where John O'Mahony and his partner Marie and friend Christine and mum and son Harry had been literally, we'd thrown ourselves at the house and they'd been there for 24 hours getting the house tip-top ready for them and did a phenomenal job. Little house was really cosy with the fire lighting, flowers on the table and Super Value had donated a big load of shopping so the fridge was full and it was a wonderful welcome for them. I think a really soft landing into Ireland. Oh my God, so a deep clean and a fridge full of food from Super Value. Yes. And the fire lighting. The fire lighting and um, the house just looking perfect and John's lovely dad who who came down to, to greet them as well, which was really lovely. So it was um, like a welcoming committee in Bandon and the, f- the family were exhausted. They hadn't slept for two days because they had to get a really early flight in Krakow and um, they were exhausted and traumatised, as you can imagine. You know, it's it, they've been through a harrowing experience. Well, I'd say they must have been so relieved walking in that front door in spite of the um, fact that they left their homeland. I understand that. Yeah, and, and as Elena said, it's, you know, the first time they can call a little place home and for a long time, because they've been travelling for two weeks, they've been in Krakow for a couple of weeks and travelling for a good bit before that. So... They hadn't laid their heads on a pillow that they could call home. Do you know what I mean? Well, so let's, was, and let's find out what that was like, shall we? Yes. Elena, good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. Welcome morning. to Cork. Thank you so much. Thank you, you. Yeah, just on the few words you've just spoken there, you sound a lot chirpier, happier, are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Because I feel like I'm at home and I feel relaxing now and I think everything will be fine here. Is it a lovely? Is it a lovely little house that you can call your home now? Is it nice? Uh, yeah, it's very nice. Uh, everybody has their own room, uh, and my cat every day she moves to uh, other beds. You know, one one uh, one night she sleeps with me, another night she sleeps with us. With my daughter. With and Anastasia. My mom. What's your kitty? What's your kitty cat's name? Uh, her name is Marcia. Marcia. Marcia, yeah. Okay. And she had a little accident on the plane, I'm told, did she? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I helped her, so everything was fine. Okay. Yeah. You, because she was scared. I know, she was scared, of course she was. And listen, so were you, so much so that you had to leave your own home. So in one regard, it's it, you're still sad in that regard, having had to leave your beautiful country, but at least you have somewhere nice until things settle down again, yeah? Yeah, and I have a big hope to feel here like at home, you know? To feel at home. Well, you remember you were telling me that you play piano and your mam plays piano, doesn't she? Yeah, uh, she, she can play, but... Uh her job is uh, teaching uh, singing, you know, 
So she teaches singing, but you play yeah. piano and you teach yeah. piano. No, the only reason yeah. I mention it is that when I got off the air on Wednesday, I received a text from somebody who said that they want to give you a piano. Wow. A girl called Fiona got in touch. She says, I have a piano that Elena could have to teach piano if you're interested in giving piano lessons or indeed just playing piano for yourself. Would you like that? Yeah, of course I would. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know whether it's a baby grand or a standy uppy, but it's a piano anyway in a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll organize to get that transported to you a little later on, yeah? Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. And the fridge was full and everything, so you got a good night's sleep and then we're able to cook some food and things. How was your weekend? Uh, actually, I'm really surprised about Irish people. They're so kind and so friendly. And everybody tried to help helps us, you know. And yesterday we already made some friends here. They... They were coming from Ukraine too, from uh, Kiev and other towns. And my daughter got some friends, girls, teenagers, age from Ukraine. So oh, you've met other you've met you've met other Ukrainian people who have also come over. Yeah, actually, and a lot of Ukrainians are here in Bandung. Did they come as refugees recently, or were they always here? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 refugees. Okay, and did you all meet up? Did they come to your home? Uh, no, we just uh, met outside. Uh, also, actually, we met on the Red Cross Point. You okay, know, and they're down, in, but they are in West Cork, so you're close to them. Uh, yeah, yeah. And tell me, do you have you been around West Cork? Have you had a look around? Um, just a little bit, have a walk uh, by the by the river, check some shops. You know. <laughs> do you like it? Yeah, it's a very cozy small town. <laughs> But the most important for us, the uh, people are the people. Yeah. yeah, they're wonderful very, people. Yeah, yeah, they are. They really are. They're, and how is your mom settling in? Um, for her, it's quite difficult because in her age, it's, you know, she's six to seven. Um, she doesn't speak English, but she learned this. Uh, she learned English uh, in uh, in the school yeah. many years ago. I hope she will remember uh, something. So it'll uh, hopefully it will come back to her. Yes, yes. Yeah, and and people already invited for English classes. Her. Good. Okay. Yes. And will yes. Anastasia go to school, Elena? Yeah, of course. I think next week. She Fabulous. needs some time, you Fabulous. know, to. Uh, to relax and to use this, okay. this place and okay. people. <laughs> well, I'm so happy for you. I'm happy for Anastasia. We're all delighted for you. And Lydia, your ma'am, I'll organize the piano, uh, whether you decide to give piano lessons or... You did want to go to work, didn't you? You said that to me last week. Uh, yeah, I would like... Actually, I would like to get, like, full uh, full day work. So maybe somebody can hear me now and can uh, help me with this too. Uh, I, I would be very thankful. Well, I can tell you one thing. We're heading into the tourist season now in the coming months. So you were talking to me about waitressing or coffee shop work or yeah, restaurant yeah. work. If somebody is listening who might be interested in hiring you um, you know, for that kind of work, um, I'll pass on the details to you, okay? Okay, okay. Okay, all right. Neil. Yeah. 
I, w- I was thinking there, that wouldn't it be an amazing thing if there was a choir locally that wanted to learn a Ukrainian song and Lydia could teach them, because she's a singing teacher, she could she could coach them in, in a Ukrainian song. Would I be think beautiful. it would be a fantastic idea. And I think you're the kind of girl to bring that together. Uh, um, <laughs> and also, we, we'll be looking for schools for Anastasia. Like, there's, there's a school really close by, Brogan's, and there's Bandon Grammar and a couple of other schools. It would be marvellous if we could... If we, I'll be writing to them anyway and seeing if there's if there's a space for. I don't for know anything. I don't know Brogan's, but I know Bandon Grammar is a fine school. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite we sure. I'm quite sure. If you picked up the phone, I mean, you could write if you want, but you could just call the principal. Yes, you know? good idea. Yeah, yes, yeah, and and also I know for a fact because I have a friend who's a piano teacher in Muscarbury, and there's a shortage of piano teachers in schools as well. And and Elena, such wonderful English, she'd be a great asset to any school, you know. Well, I think a bit of a uh, bit of time on the phone a little later on. If you need any yeah. help with that, incidentally, Aideen, we'd be happy to help out. But uh, certainly, yeah. pick up the phone and talk to the principal of the two schools that you mentioned, and mention the piano aspect of it. You know, it could make all the difference. Yeah. You know, exactly. But yeah. these these yeah. are early days. Let's see what the coming days bring. All right. Yes, yes, but it, it's been it's been an amazing experience. I think for everybody. Anybody who's thinking of getting involved in helping the Ukrainian crisis, I think it's rewarding tenfold because when you see what you can do with just a little bit of, of um, reaching out to people, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's a win-win for everybody. Yes, and uh, this story is a typical example of stories that are probably being played out right across Ireland at the moment. You know, we have 9,000 refugees here, 4,500 in hotels and bed and breakfasts, and the balance of them then are split between family, friends who are here already, and indeed family homes and homes like John O'Mahony's that were given over to the family. So it's a, it's a typical yeah. example of what I hope is happening right across the country. So listen, um, we'll chat over the next couple of days. And uh, if you need any help with those uh, school calls, do let me know. All right. Super. Thank you so no, much well for, done. for well done giving, giving us time. Thank okay. you. And Ele- Thank Elena, you. We'll, we'll, chat yeah. again. we'll chat again, but I'm delighted that you arrived safely and you're happy. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Text 0868104106 if you can help in any way, shape, or form with regards to that story, uh, particularly if you're down west and you're hiring. Get in touch. 0868104106. I tell you what, I go straight to the phone lines because Tom's been waiting for quite some time. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay. So last week uh, in the Blackpool area, tell me what you can share. Yeah. Last Wednesday night, um, Millfield Service Station. Uh, vacated the premises uh, at the back end of January. It's empty. And, it's a, um, it's a petrol station that's closed, is it? It's it closed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been there since the seventies, and um, um, I think it was um, some developer uh, bought it, and they're putting a nine-story apartment in there. And um, there's been a lot of stuff left out the back. Um, this, that, and the other. And our kids will be kids, you know, teenagers or kids or whatever, you know. And they got in. And now they know that it's there. Um, you know, they'll keep coming back. Mm. And they've, I think they found some uh, barbecues and they started to light them and they left them up the road. I had to out one or two of them. You mean the disposable and, uh, ones, is it? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. But there's lots of other stuff in there like that's been left at the back. So the fire engines came down. They couldn't get in the back. Like the tanks are still in the ground. But like if there was, if it did catch fire, uh, the whole place, uh, these tanks could explode, whether there's 
petrol or diesel, whatever is in them, and if they exploded now with the combustion, I mean, it would be just like a big explosion. But was there a fire at the petrol station? Yes, there was at the back of it. Yes. Do we, yeah, but we don't know whether the tanks are full or empty, I suppose. I, I think the tank. no, I, I, as far as I know, the tanks are empty. Yeah, I would but say, I, yeah, yeah. But I'm not 100% certain. Yeah. But, but you know, it's, it's still dangerous, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, on that particular road itself, Redford Road, um, for nearly nine, nine, ten weeks, we've had no street lighting. Uh, I think there's five, six lamps out, and whether there's some dispute. I, I did ring um, City Council. A lot of people around here did ring City Council, and they rang um, the street lighting crowd and the ASB, and we were told it was being done but it hasn't been done and it's pitch black when you're coming up and yeah. there's up the top of the woods quite a lot of pensioners yeah, you know? yeah. but um, the actual petrol station like at the moment it's it just looks awful when it was opened it was opened and the fire engines couldn't get in because uh, they put three um, big lumps of concrete at either side and you know they had to go looking for a fire hydrant I, which I don't think there's fire hydrants on the road and um, how'd they manage to look, get it out then they got it out I mean they'd have so much water in the tanks I yeah, suppose, yeah. in the engines you know just to get it out like you know I mean it wasn't blazing but it, it could have been it could have been I mean I don't know what stock is left in the inside of the, of the building I couldn't tell you because I hadn't seen uh, the inside of it but I, I know at the back of it there was a lot of old rubbish and well you, you know unfortunately yeah. derelict sites do, atta- do attract people who have yeah, nothing better yeah. on their mind to cause like, damage look we have two councillors in the area right and like the councillors are great for sticking their nose out when there's a new development and putting their face on photographs and things like that yeah. like, you know but this like we have another development which has been built at the moment um that's okay, but like the, the the whole road is in a mess at the moment. And how is Blackpool generally then for antisocial behaviour? Is this an isolated incident? Do you know? Uh, Neil, it's it's not too bad. It's 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 not that bad. Blackpool is okay. Yeah. It's 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 not that bad, but like you you will get you know boys will be boys or girls will be girls, whatever teenagers. But you know, still, I mean. The yeah, but was it, was it always the way the young people wanted to go around and potentially burn down petrol stations, I wonder? I wouldn't think so, no. Yeah. I, 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 I think it was... I, I, I think because it was left derelict. Might be going you know, through the planning process and that can take some no, time. No, 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 no. All the planning is done. All Everything right. is done. Okay. Uh, that's all done. It's, you know, it's... If, if, if they just took down the building that's there now, I mean, the... Yeah, but um, as well as that, if teenagers who went there copped themselves on and didn't behave the way they did, we wouldn't be having these kind of conversations. Of course we wouldn't. Of yes. course we wouldn't, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah. look, as I said, look, boys will be boys, you know. I mean, it's it's a teenage thing. We all go through that kind of thing in life. Burning but, things down, um, setting fire to things? Yeah, but, like, <laughs> look, not everybody would do it, like, but 
still it's frightening for some of the people that live around here. Okay, all right. Well, you know? let's see if for some of the local councillors have anything to say on the matter. Appreciate it. Thanks as always, Tom. Thank you. Cheers. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Frank says uh, there are hotels in Dublin that have cancelled bookings without any notice. They're calling people cancelling their bookings. They know the government will pay top price for refugees. Uh, a survey needs to be done, Neil, on every member of the Doyle and Shannon where they list their properties, including their own home, uh, where they reside, as to whether or not they will be taking and giving Ukrainians any shelter. Uh, We have well-paid ambassadors in all of those countries overseas. There's no need for the government's annual jaunt of the last week around the globe, building up their carbon footprint with their family and partners, paid for by us. And this year, hiring private jets. Uh, don't know about family members, though. I think if a family member went with uh, any politicians, they would have to pay, wouldn't they? Uh, people worried about their um, families or their loved ones in nursing homes. Uh, why don't they take that, particularly the woman who's worried about her mother in Ballyno, why, why don't they take her home and look after her? They wouldn't have to huddle standing in the rain looking in at their mother through the window if they didn't throw her in a home, says Dinny, which is um, just one of the most unkind texts I've come across in a long time. I don't mean to be personal, Dinny, but you have no idea of the circumstances with regards to people and decisions that are made when a loved one goes into a nursing home if you make a text like that. Uh, regarding Ballyno Nursing Home, where there's uh, some COVID cases, any families who need help um, can get in touch with Care Champions. Uh, they have been very helpful in the past. Care Champions, an 089 number, 89 7018 On the cost of living, uh, your caller on air on Wednesday was so right. Any excuse to rip off our own people and the politicians have their perfect timing when they're off on their expensive junkets. How are we expected to feed and heat our homes for all the poor Ukrainians? Uh, not their fault. My heart breaks for them. But the government is a joke and the Irish people are worse. We just keep taking whatever gets thrown at us, not standing up for ourselves. I'm thinking of moving away, says Linda. Linda, I say there's a lot of people thinking of moving away. I'd say an awful lot of young people actually see no future in this country at all. Particularly now with social media and uh, maybe contact with friends who've already gone overseas. Say, for instance, Australia. Uh, the temptation there is to follow friends to Australia when they're doing so well. Uh, you were talking about Cheltenham. If you can afford to go to Cheltenham and waste your money betting on horses, then people deserve to be ripped off in the hotels and the hotel prices because they already know you're a fool with your money, says Des. Let me get this straight. The Irish government can restrict our movements to within two kilometres of our homes whenever they want it. Shut down the entire nation. Plunge every man, woman and child into everlasting debt to pay for it. But this same government is powerless to reduce the price of spiralling energy costs, to reduce and combat the price of living increases, or turn down their ridiculous pay hikes. Is this what we expect to, we're expected to believe? Uh, and then we all know that electric and gas prices are going up this week, 27% and 39 But the energy companies are putting up the standing charge as well by another 27%. Michal Martin said the government will do everything they can but an hour later, Pascal Donoghue said that they're not going to do any more. Like, who's in charge of the government, uh, says Des. Well, it would appear that the people who are really in charge are the public sector. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Adam, good morning. Uh, Neil, how are you? How are you? are you on speakerphone, my friend? 
I am. I'll take, take it off. Okay, well done. Were you um, uh, Were you actually at the parade on Thursday? I was, yeah. Okay, and where were you situated? On Patrick Street, was it, or where? Just outside the old evidence. Okay. Um, how was the parade? Did you enjoy it? It was brilliant. Yeah, great fun. Okay. Apart from um, uh, part of it, which was a chap walking along with the crucifix, was it a, a, a life-size crucifix, a full one? That's right, yeah, yeah. There would have been a few of them there, right, um, as part of that part of the parade, yeah. Okay. Can you tell us about it? It just had a load of different kind of sins kind of plastered on it, and he was kind of dragging it along. Was there others besides him? Were there other crucifixes or crosses, I should say? Do you know what? I just I just remember the crucifix. I think there were a few other bits and pieces, all right, or a few other people walking along. Um, but I suppose the main part was that fella and kind of some of the messages he had on that. And on the on the cross itself, then were nailed different words and and slogans and comments. What were they? It's stuff like uh, drunkenness, loneliness, I think. Um, just trying to remember, I'm not looking at Okay, it. well, I have them here, I have the photograph. Drunkenness, yeah, hopeless, yeah. unbelief, broken yeah. heart, shame, sickness, sexual immoralities. Right, and that was the one I had issue with, and people around me had issue with. Right, tell me what people said. Well, I was talking to an English couple. It was actually um, one of them that sent the photo on to me as well, just to kind of send it around. Um, and we all felt the same. Sexual immoralities is how religious organisations would have kind of traditionally described um, homosexuality and everything related to that, really, you know. Just generally anything related to the LGBTQ community, you know. So that would make it, uh, among other things, homophobic. Yep, just, just just the way everyone that saw that around me took it, and so, the way I take it, yeah. So, so be described that way, you know. Yeah. So, any gay person at the parade watching that would have seen sexual immoralities nailed to a cross, and would have thought they're talking about me. Yeah, I'm sexually I'm sexually so. immoral. And look, I'm not speaking on behalf of that community. Well, I suppose in the way I am, I don't know, um, but. That's that. That's that. Look, I've heard it described that way by 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 religion for years, and it just I I just I was I wasn't impressed. It, it's just it's a horrible thing to have gotten into the parade, you know. I don't know. Did the organisers look closely enough at all those kind of things? You know, it might be easy for something like that to sneak in under the radar. But what you was know? the what was the purpose of that float, if you like, or that section? What what were they What were they trying to say? That we're all lost? Is it? I, actually, do you know what? I think there was a second, now that I'm thinking about it, I think there was a second uh, crucifix or something to that effect coming on behind that then with more positive messages kind of nailed to it. It's kind of maybe give a contrast, you know, okay. of, kind of where 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 we are. No, you see, I, I don't have it. I wasn't at the parade and I don't have that photograph. I just see the one with, you know, drunkenness, hopelessness, disbelief, yeah. brokenheartedness, shame. Sexual immoralities, as in we're all gone to hell in a handcart, like. Yeah, yeah, and look at—I mean, look at everything else apart from that message is fine, you know. And look, I mean, it's like everyone's entitled to how they feel about stuff, you know. But just to have a parade down the parade there, and to, and to give it so much, give give that kind of horrible message so much exposure. It's hurtful. In twenty twenty two. 
It's hurtful. In a parade that was billed as being inclusive and family friendly, you know, like there's still a very kind of backwards underbelly there somewhere within within all societies, I think, you know, particularly this one. You know, uh, I, 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 I yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's there and it's on the, it's in the parade. And if you're a visitor from another country coming over to look at that, you're looking at it and you're getting the completely wrong message about Ireland and how we're progressive and all that. You know, and this is coming from an English couple that were visiting for the weekend. What did they say? They were, they were disgusted. They, they, they were genuinely disgusted. They were they were aghast. You know. As, as was I, and, and I was talking to other people around me as well. They were all like, oh, my God, how did that get in there? You know, yeah. so the general public were under no illusion. They knew exactly what it was, what it was in reference to. And you know? sexual immoralities is in references to gay couples, gay sex. 100%. Yeah. Now, that same group will come on, maybe, and they might defend their position on that and hide behind it. But that is what it means, and that's what it's meant. You know, I've heard some high, some very powerful people within the Catholic Church describing it as that. Well, you, well, Catholicism, and I'd be accused of gay, of, of Catholic bashing, and I'm not, but we, we, the doctrine within the Catholic Church is very anti-gay, you know? Yeah. Very much so. Oh, yeah, listen, 100%. 100%, you know, this is 20... Unless I've missed the memo, I don't think I have. No, no, of course you haven't. You know, this, this is 2022. We're supposed to be past all that. You know, like, um, uh, when it comes to sexual moralities, I don't think the church is anywhere to be kind of has any standing or any say in in an argument there about the morals of society's sexuality in the first place. It's nobody's business, actually, to be quite honest. It's, it's not, not if somebody if somebody is is happy you know? in, a, in the same sex relationship. They've made it their business now. I'm actually disgusted. You know, the more I'm talking about it, the more fucking disgusted I am. Yeah, you know, and like I like your family. I mean, if one of those decide to, you know. Whatever they're into, whoever they're into, I don't need a fucking bunch of whoever they were parading it down the street like that when I'm bringing them in to see a parade. I don't, I don't know who they were. I would, I would love to chat with them if I could find the one of the, one of the gentlemen has a sash on, but I can't, I can't read the sash. But you, 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 would, you would think. On Saturday there, Neil. What? Oh, okay, you, you, you have to be down to town on Saturday. There's sometimes be different groups. That's fine. We're on, we're on a shouting. That's I fine. I think it might be one of those groups. Okay. But do you think anybody checks the floats before they head off in a parade where somebody might have seen that and said, sorry, not permissible under any circumstances? On the day of a parade now, it's probably very busy. You've got groups joining from different areas. I mean, when I was walking in, you could see there was probably sections that would converge with other sections. And, you know, you have look, on the day, it's chaos. It's hard to blame the organizers fully on this, you know. Um, but... Yeah, you know, it's it's look. It's unfortunate it got in, but I I I, I like. I just think. I just think. You know. I just. Uh, it's it's it, it's that religious group to blame. You know, and to have that message paraded around there for every single person that was at the parade. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just. It's it's disappointing. Yeah. You know. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's something that needs to be highlighted. We've changed the statute books and the laws in Ireland to accommodate everybody of every persuasion, and rightly so. Um, I'm wondering if there's anybody could defend a float like that in the parade, that under freedom of speech, maybe they're allowed, someone is allowed to say whatever they want. Uh, look, look, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, all that, you can't do anything about it. But you don't get to go down the street and take a group in society and marginalise them like that, you know, and point to them as being immoral. Who the hell are you to decide that? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just and just for us to be able to be able to, to have to stand there and just go, Oh, ho hum. It's just it's just the way it is. So you're gonna to have to expect that. Well did anybody but shout or boo as it passed, for instance, do you know? In my section not really, no. And it's not that they didn't uh I think by the time it passed, everyone was like, what the hell was that? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But there it was, well, I have the photograph. terms like this, it's to kind of confuse and people take a double take and go, hang on, am I sure I saw that? You know? And so by the time we all kind of were like, whoa, hey, look at that. Jesus, what the hell? I hope that? I'm not taking it out of context uh, that there wasn't a second one behind it saying, you know, counter messages to that. I, I You know, in an effort to be fair and balanced, uh, but you say there was but a second. If you had a counterbalance, the counterbalance to that would be if the if the plaque on the second one to counterbalance that one would have been what? It's actually moral. So basically uh picking gay, not gay. Yeah. You know, they're not making that distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No what you had on the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. I mean look at I don't I, think the parade is anywhere really for any kind of politicizing at all, sure it's not. Well of course it's not. Yeah. Of course it's not. It, it, nowhere is is nowhere is in public. Should you see stuff like that? Okay. Full stop. Okay. Let's see if anybody actually um, agrees or disagrees with you. Text 0868104106. But uh, have the photograph here in front of me, as I say. Drunkenness, hopelessness, unbelief, broken heart, sickness. One or two of them I can't read. Shame and sexual immoralities. All right. Appreciate you taking the call, Adam. Thank you. Have a good day. Appreciate it. Thank you. Text 0868104106. You never know. There could be somebody listening who actually would defend a float like that in last week's parade. Back after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Okay, so uh, whose cross was it? Uh, What part of the parade was it? Who were the carriers of the cross? Um, And why was it allowed into the parade in the first place uh, if it carried a banner referring to sexual immoralities? And the sexual immoralities that it's referring to would seem to me to be homophobic. So who allowed that to be part of the parade where it would be allowed to say nasty and unkind things to gay people. And whose cross, whose crucifix was it? Uh, your thoughts are welcome. Perhaps you believe that messages like that should be allowed in, in parades like the St. Patrick's Day Parade. I've often said in the past that I, I don't think that, actually I know in my own opinion, humble opinion as it is, that Jesus Christ would have no problem in the wide earthly world with gay people whatsoever. Uh, but there it was, nonetheless. Text 0868104106. Let me go to the phone lines. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. Were you at the parade? No, I wasn't. Okay. No. All right. So, have you got a description of the crucifix that yeah, was carried? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was talking to a researcher there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. uh, I don't understand how this guy could just home in on the fact that it was uh, uh, homophobic. Uh, he put down about immorality. Uh, which covered the, the whole spectrum of, of everything that's going on, we, between the drunkenness, the drug-taking, uh, the casual uh, lifestyles uh, about this, that, and the other. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I have no problem with a pro-Christian banner in any in any parade. And if we're going to have a, a debate and, and an open society, uh, that, that man's view is as important as uh, anybody else. Who's he representing, though? Does anybody know? He's, he's probably, I, I don't know, he's probably a, a, a Christian and, and 
or a Catholic who's, who is following the teachings of, of the church or the Bible, which is, which is his right. Yeah. You know that Jesus and Christ didn't write the Bible? Oh, I'm aware of that. I'm, I'm, aware, I'm aware of that. And there's, there's passages that were written after, even after the Gospels were written. But didn't that, Jesus uh, Christ say, love thy neighbour? But as long as they're not a gay neighbour, is it? Uh, no, no, he didn't say anything about uh, what you call it about not loving again you know? yeah <laughs> but the problem is that we we've 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 seen so many uh, uh, uh twists and turns uh coming through history we now have uh people who can't make up their mind uh, what they are yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, god only created two species man and woman and and that's it yeah well, well you know um the people are entitled to be and to feel however they wish as long as they don't hurt anybody else. And they're oh, entitled what, yeah. they are entitled to be as happy as everybody else. That's what I just said to you. That guy has every right to, to have a, a poster that's proclaiming his views. But it, it actually says sexual immoralities. It's, yeah. it's calling out a, se- a section of society and holding them well, up see, to hate speech. Well, you see, the thing about it, like marriage was 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 all the end of sea for uh, what's uh, pro- uh, procreation, mm. uh, and, and uh, which you know, not just for procreation. I mean, sex wouldn't be only for procreation. It's it's pleasurable, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and I don't have any problem with that. But uh, between two consenting adults. But the church but al- always to... the church always told us that it was dirty, uh, the Catholic Church, and that oh, but it yeah, was, yeah, but it... you see, that was that was the church using the word of God for control, to control the people. That is like we have we have a completely we have a completely uh, uh, skewed up uh, problem in this country for decades uh, over what was uh, which what was right and what was the word of God, and people use the word of God for the for their own purposes. But in, the sign says drunkenness, right? So that would be deemed as... It's one of the, it's one of the seven deadly sins. So that's a sin, right? Yeah, Sexual yeah. immoralities is on the same cross. So that's clearly yeah. in this... Drunkenness, covetousness. Is, is also a sin. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you believe it to be a sin? Absolutely, because you're, you're not in control of yourself when, when, you're, when you're out of your head, either on drugs or on alcohol. No, no I'm talking about... To be gay then is 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 a sin. Well, I'm not judging anybody. No, but what are, are you okay with the crucifix? Are you okay with the sign on the cross walking through well, Patrick well, Street in the middle of? Oh, well, abs- abs- absolutely. He's got every right to do it. If you can, if you can walk through the city with 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 uh, with, with, with banners proclaiming uh, uh, LGBT and and every other uh, affiliation, why can't you have one that's uh, that's pro-Christian? Because the LGBT are not calling out the straight community, calling them names. No, they're not. They're just celebrating their uniqueness. Well, listen, there was a big push here for for gay marriage where they got their grannies to vote for us who didn't have a clue what they were voting Uh, for. John, you're Uh, a sensible man now. John, you're a very sensible man. You don't believe that. Like, come on. Listen, you should have read some of the posts up and up on, on social media from from people who were uh, who were clapping, and and the same with the abortion and the holding gang sessions at, at the crossroads because they were after changing the uh, the Eighth Amendment. I know. Listen, that that guy has his beliefs the same as I do. 
I have no problem with what people believe. No, but like it's 2022, I, I, like we shouldn't I, be living I, I in a... I won't be judging them. And because it's, you get, because and, it's and as whatever e- you get, Yeah, okay. And whatever you get up to, you're responsible for. But what do you mean, you know, get up I, to? I, I, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever swings your boat by, does it, does it, uh, an answer, does it, an answer to, to be, a question to be answered, uh, in the final days, uh, like, I mean, okay, you don't believe in God, everybody gets five minutes for God. No, but, but, no, but like, people, gay people believe in God, you know, just as much as straight yeah. people don't. Like, yeah, and there no, are many no, gay no. people, and, just and there are many gay people out there who don't practice uh, homosexuality. They're just gay. Yeah. They're trying. They're, try, they're trying to live within the the, the boundaries of, of their beliefs, their Christian beliefs. Um, you mean they struggle with their sexuality because they're Christ, because yeah. they're Catholic? Yeah. 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 It's kind of it's yeah. kind of sad, really, isn't it? When you would like them to be Catholic and gay. But sure, there's no there's nobody has a problem with it being gay. You just I think mean, I don't, uh, you think the chap is he's entitled to carry across with sexual immoralities, which is clearly homophobic, just as much as the LGBTQ TQ community can have their posters in the parade. But, yeah, but he he didn't mention that homophobic. That Se- was somebody else's. That was somebody else's reading of but it. But isn't it not yours? Sexual immorality means. Is that it's, across, it's, it's across the board. It can be uh, sneaking down the road to have sex with your neighbour's wife. Correct. It could be that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But like, I mean, but it's they, a- they, they, they complained about the swinging sixties. I tell the story. It's, I know, but for it's me, a, look, it's, 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 it's in a poor, it's, it's in a poor place. Though, uh, 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 which was what we are dealing with. But if I were to say to you, looking at the photograph in front of me, I would regard that as being a homophobic statement. Would you think that I'm wrong? Well, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think he covered the he covered the whole spectrum. It, it's everybody. It's a, look. It's like picking up the Bible. Some people will get it. Some people won't. And is that a, is there a place for this kind of message in a parade, which has all sorts of different people of all sorts of different persuasions? Um, I don't see why. I don't see why not. If we're going to, if we're, if we're if we're if we're going to have uh, uh, posters about uh, everything and anything, why not have a Christian uh, poster? I mean, what did God do wrong that His message can't be shown? Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, you know, sexual immorality is probably as wider than just being anti-gay. It could also be coveting thy neighbor's wife. I un- un- do you think that was the message, was it? Across the spectrum, it covers, okay. it covers everything. And, okay. and, 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 and like, I mean, there's, hopefully there'll be a lot of people out there to, today who, who will hear the program and they will reflect on the, how they live their lives. Okay, and I'd love to hear from more people on this. Appreciate your call, taking the call, John. Thank you. Not a bottle. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. That was in the parade last Thursday afternoon. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Yes, indeed. Just reading there during the ad break, 2,500 community participants took place, uh, took part um, with uh, the parade on Thursday. 2,500 first parade since 2019. And there were many people, of course, who came from 
uh, from overseas to take part in it. So one of the contentious issues of it was the cross uh, and uh, some of the statements upon it. And your thoughts are welcome on that in the year that we live in, the year of uh, one would have thought more and more as every year passes, we would be more and more inclusive. But was it actually to do with the Bible or indeed um, the seven deadly sins? James, good morning. Good morning to you, Anise. Uh, uh, I, I, I agree with that man there. I fully agree with that man. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Where the people of Ukraine are suffering at the moment by a man who doesn't allow people to have opinions, Mr. Putin. You know? In a country as well where they're very anti gay, incidentally. Well, uh, 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 if you're talking about the LGBT community, they're the least tolerant of all the communities, Neil. And I'll tell you why. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Uh, you're, av- you're aware of uh, the uh, author of uh, Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling? Yes. You know, she, there's been a campaign against her for the last two years of persecution from the LGBT community and the trans community. Yeah. In which they I don't know about persecution. Her. I mean, well, they, they have threatened her life many times. She could paper her bedroom wall with the threats they've had to her life. They, only recently she moved her home, not because she was afraid of them, it's because she just wanted to move. But they published her address. Uh, on the media just to let everyone know where she was that's where they continued the campaign against her because the trans community the trans community got very upset with comments that she made regarding biological sex Uh, she made a comment originally that she was asked what qualifies you to be a woman what qualifies you to be a woman and she said you have to be born a woman Mm. which I fully concur with uh, Neil so uh, as I said that gentleman earlier on said more or less what I said there was no mention of the LGBT on that cross he was talking about sexual immorality which means that it could be the landlords who are demanding sex from young women who want to get an apartment now, as you know, Neil? Yeah. That's where our, that's where our country is now. So he's kind of depressed about where the country is coming by the sounds of it. Well, why, didn't, mean, why didn't he put up the seven deadly sins? Pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and I, I, sloth. I, 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 Neil, I can't speak for him. I don't know who the man is, whether he's a member of the Catholic Church or not, or just a Christian. So who were the, who were the group? Uh, was there, there was another cross behind him. Who did they represent? Would somebody please tell me? I don't know. Well, you might be just a practice. I mean, you don't, you don't have to be a member of the Catholic Church to be a practicing Christian. Neil, there are many people who practice. But why would why would we need that in a float that's supposed to be family friendly? To be told of hopelessness and drunkenness and broken hearts and sexual immoralities well, and. I presume the organisers of the of the uh, St Patrick's Day Parade left him in there. So if he, if they thought it was okay, I have nothing wrong with that. But there was people from other there was people from other countries that were there saw it, and they were looking at it in disbelief. Particularly the sexual immorality. Does it or doesn't in, does it or does it not include gay people? I don't know. That you ask the gentleman himself for that. But do you uh, think I, I, that? I do you think that it does or does not include gay? People? I, 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 not necessarily. As I said, it could be a general kind of feeling of hopelessness about where the country is going, which I fully agree with. It's pretty depressing, somewhat, isn't it, Neil? It's not exactly. We're not exactly going through a great period at the moment. So he's just maybe generally depressed about drugs. I've just read the other day now where cocaine is. There's more cocaine being taken in rural Ireland now than is in the cities. That's right. And we know it's easier we know to get cocaine now and faster. To get cocaine than yeah. pizza, I heard. Yeah. And the universities are right for this. Right yeah. for the yeah. drug. And, drug. And, I, and, and I understand that for another day. But is sexual immoralities in the parade anti-gay? I don't think, no, I wouldn't think so. Unless you mentioned the LGBTQ community, uh, it's not, Neil. I wouldn't say so. Okay, okay, okay. Thanks, do you, Neil. Do you, do, but James, do you believe that to be gay is to be immoral? 
as a member of the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church is the most open church to the gay community. You know what Pope Francis has said about the gay community many times. He's open, very open to the gay community. Probably the most open Pope has ever been. Well, why doesn't he marry them then? If you look at other, if you look at other uh, communities and other churches, they are very intolerant to gay community, and that's the Islamic community. In in Indonesia, where it's the most populous Muslim country in the world, you can be actually uh, stripped and beaten outside the mosque in Mos- uh, for being gay. Mm-hmm. So, and mm-hmm. and many African countries, many African countries are very intolerant of, of the gay community. Many of the black community in African countries, you can be jailed there. Yeah. The, the Catholic Church is but the is most... It, but is, is it proper Catholic teaching then to say that if somebody is gay, that they are immoral or that it is a sin? Well, the Pope has never said that. And I, and I follow what the Pope says. I'm a believer. I'm a follower of the Pope. And the Pope has never said that to the gay community. Okay, but... It's very, but he's not open enough, say, for instance, to have gay priests. A lot of people who are gay would love to be priests. Or women, women uh, priests, for that matter. You'll you have to take that off the Pope. <laughs> I can't speak for the Pope, but I'm only, I'm only reiterating. No, it's just that you could, some, some might say that actually the Catholic religion is a, is a kind of a boys' club, like. Do you know? No? Well, uh, what do you mean by a boys' club, Neil? Well, women need not apply. Gay men need not apply. You know, uh, there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of areas that they're quite selective about not being all inclusive well, themselves. The nuns were a major part of the uh, of the Catholic Church, Neil, and didn't get much thanks for it, did they? Yeah, I know, I know. Kind of played second fiddle to the priests, though, didn't they? Well, that's, I suppose that's the way the church is set up. No, I don't want to be. Listen, I don't want to be. I'm not meaning to come across as bashing anybody. I'm, I'm just wondering. You talk about you know inclusivity, you know, but yes, um, like a, a gay couple. Are not really welcome in a church, are they? They're not well, really you have, accepted. You have, you, you have to. Well, so remember one thing, uh, Neil. The church is not a democracy. It never set out to be a democracy. The church is a theocracy, which means it's 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 led from the top down. The, the pope is the leader. We don't get to, lead, to elect them. The ordinary people, ordinary Catholics, don't get to elect. I them. know, but the churches are empty. You know, they're, they're big, massive churches. I was just back. I was just back from. Alicante and areas down in Spain for a few days and I was doing a bit of a tour with two or three different people. Massive big churches, massive things. And I said to him, is anybody actually going to church? He says, not so much anymore, just old people. Just well, old people. that could change again, Neil. That could change again. That could change again. Uh, things will go out. I remember some years ago, I'm, I'm only been joking over it, uh, vinyl records were thought to be gone, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're more popular than ever. Okay, well, we're looking toward, forward to the comeback of Mass then, are we? Yes, it could happen, Neil. All right, let me it talk to Frank. Indeed. Thanks, James. Cheers. Frank, go ahead. Morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Um, this uh, that, that float. That's to- totally homophobic. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to look at it. Um, and I mean, what John especially was saying there about everybody is entitled to walk down with whatever they want. Uh, it mean, could be sexual immoralities along the lines of um, uh, having an affair, that. sleeping with your exactly buddy's wife, having sex on a first date. I don't know what they mean by that. Yeah, you do know what it is. It's homophobic. It's against gay, gays. But I mean, it's John's reasoning that you could walk down with anything you like. Could I walk down... Patrick Street will be signs saying, I don't like blacks, or I hate blacks, or I hate guards, or I hate Neil Prendival. <laughs> you know? I mean, we have hate laws for a reason. Yeah, um, if this was deemed to be a Christian float, 
that is just honing in on the uh, seven deadly sins kind of thing, a passage from the Bible, you know, it, it is a kind of a religious festival. Maybe maybe on that basis it would have been allowed? I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. And I think it just bypassed the organisers as well. I'd say they hadn't a clue with so many people there like in that. But it might anyway. not be just anti-gay. It could be just talking about... <laughs> The lack of sexual morals in society where it's just a free-for-all, you know, whatever you have in yourself. and Basically none, none of his business, mm-hmm. like, what anybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's obviously in, pri- in privacy, like, but it's, I mean, there's no need for it. I mean, there's a bad state parade, obviously, geared towards children. There should be no politics, no religion, just fun. But what about free speech? As I said, Neil, if you want to hope free speech comes at a price. I mean, I can't walk down path free with a placard saying I hate blacks. Yeah, yeah. And, or and, I hate guards. And, and rightly so. Exactly. But it doesn't, I, it doesn't say I hate gay people. It says sexual immoralities. It's kind of a broader brush than being anti-gay, isn't it? Um, um, yeah, to, I suppose it's a loophole to get around, to get around uh, hate loss. Okay, okay. Alright, right, cheers. You could have a poster saying mind your own business, I suppose. Uh, Maureen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, you weren't at the parade, but you have an opinion on it. Yes, I, I have. I, I was listening to it. Um, well, I, it is my opinion that men was perfectly entitled to take part in the parade. After all, it was St. Patrick's Day Parade. You know, we are talking about St. Patrick's patron saints of Ireland. There's a kind of depressing and message though talking, on what's We are to... talking about Christian floats. Now I know that there was a Christian float was banned in the Dublin parade. It wasn't allowed. Oh, I wonder why that was. Because they were Christian. Okay. I mean, we are we are talking about St. Patrick's Day. We're not talking about any other day here. Yeah, you know, and I would much prefer to be... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. An ordinary man. He was a saint and patron saint of the country. And um, that man had every right and entitled to express his opinions. And people are saying he was anti-gay or he was anti-this or anti-that. Maybe he was in his own mind. He didn't, as well from what I heard, he didn't have it on his sign. Well, it's how people interpreted it. But people who were interpreting it in 2022. That's the problem. People interpret things the way they want to interpret things. And all these words, these slur words, or you're homophobic, or you're Islamophobic, or you're some other kind of a phobe, they are just filler words. And what's the point, the problem today is that people are afraid to open their mouth because some other busybody is going to jump down their throat and say, oh, you can't say this, and you can't say that. But there could have I'm been gay people even... watching the parade. There could have been a, a mother or a father well, of a gay son or daughter standing there. Well, that's, well, that's, who's, it's, it's hurtful. It's not my problem. It's hurtful, though. But it's also hurtful, Neil, when you see a drag queen inside in a library. What's wrong with that? It's just none of our business. Reading to children of four and five. It is indeed. It is our business as, as a grandmother. It would be my business. And as parents, it should be their business. I don't know what, anyway. I'm not going to drill into that. Way, and I... you see the way, see the way. No, no, you see the way they're dressed. No four or five year old going to the library needs to see that. Well, I don't, I don't know anything about the story regarding a drag queen in a library, but if somebody wants to be a well, drag queen. Well, you know queen, what happens. Well, I, it no, happens. I don't, no, I don't know what happens. I know people, I know people dress up as women and they are drag queens. Um, and they're yeah. very entertaining and they, um, are one way, in one way expressing their own lifestyle choice and another way entertaining people. It's with, 
it's the material they're reading to the children. Oh, I don't know it's anything. About, I don't know anything about. Well, the I do because I've heard about it. Okay. Because well, that she went to two part in there was one in Blanchard Town, because I know the woman who was at it, okay. and she actually reported it. it was absolutely shocking. But this is the problem. I, as a Catholic, would not even be allowed now to have a view. Oh, you, oh, you shouldn't say that. You'd be, you're, you're going to be upsetting somebody. This is the problem. Everybody is getting upset about but everything. Why can't you just want people to be happy and fulfilling? Well, nobody's that. saying that you can't be happy, Neil, but you, you can't keep one section of society happy and the others not happy. The LGBT community are getting away with everything and they're saying what they want. And if anyone well, of us comes along and contradicts them... What are they saying that upsets if you? I say, I didn't vote for gay marriage. Okay? Right. I didn't vote for it. Why? Because in all good conscience as a Catholic, I cannot vote for it. Because it is wrong. Even though as a Catholic you are told that your philosophy in life should be to love thy neighbour, you'd prefer to see people unhappy. No, 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 that's wordplay. You can love your neighbour. You don't have to agree with your neighbour. And I do not agree with the gay marriage because it is not a marriage. Marriage between well, men and two women are not equal to marriage between man and woman, and actually, it is an abomination in the eyes of God. Who says he it? Created is? Who man, asked, who he asked created God? man and woman. He created two, male and female. Are you trying he to tell me? Trying to tell me that there was no? You trying to tell me there was no gay relationships back two thousand years ago, or twenty five hundred years ago, or four thousand years ago? Of course, there were. There could have been gay relationships. He didn't hate gay people. He hates the sin. This Ooh. is the this is what people aren't being told. Who hates the sin? It's the sin. Gay marriage, gay sex is a sin in the eyes of God. This is where the sin comes in, not the person that's gay. There are gay people out there, but they don't practice. The same as there are Catholics and Protestants who don't practice sex before marriage. Now that man with the sign could have been saying about the sexual immorality, 13, 14 year old, 15 year old, sex here willy nilly. He could have been referring to that. But he of could have been, it, no, he could have been, no, and that point been. was well made and saying that it wasn't necessarily homophobic. No, it, it was wasn't about. Ne- no, it wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you, but That's you. That's what I'm trying to say. But you. But you, these people, yeah. But Neil, people being labelled. He's homophobic and you're Islamophobic and you're transphobic and you're some other sort of a phobe because you just don't agree with something. You're labelled. That's why people are afraid to open their mouth in this country today. And as far as I'm concerned, everybody is entitled to their opinion and their view. And if it hurts somebody, tough. I've been hurt many times by people's views. Yeah, but... But But that's how life is. But yeah, but if somebody is gay, right... They're gay, you know. They just are gay people. It's not a. It's not a big right, deal. They just. People, right? Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. They, they shouldn't have to change that. They shouldn't have to repress that. They should be able to celebrate nobody... it, live it. They should be able to get married. They should be able to be happy, and it's none of our business. But they are. But sure, they can get married. But I don't agree with it. Yeah. But because I don't agree with it, I'll be called a homophobe. But why don't you, you agree? But how are you not homophobic if you don't agree with I'm not a homo- I'm not, Why am I homophobe? I don't, I don't okay. hate gay people. I don't agree with, with... I don't agree with the marriage. 
Because it is, it, it is actually what it is called. The word for it is intrinsically disordered. No, no, I thought, I thought you said it was and a sin. The practice of homosexuality is a sin. Right. Being gay in itself or being celibate is not a sin. But you know, more and more people now turn away from religion than ever before. And one of, one of the reasons is exactly for what you've just said. They can no longer accept that. That's their problem. As being problem. fair and equitable in the world. That's that their live. problem. If you follow, if you are following, if you're a Christian, whether you're, a, if you're especially Catholic, and you are following the teachings of your church, you cannot agree with gay marriage, you cannot agree with murdering unborn babies. You cannot agree with it. And it's high time that people were allowed to speak out and have their view. Because the other people, they're the ones, they're not slow in coming forward. Because they were repressed. They because they were repressed, you see. Because they didn't have a voice. But they have a voice now. Yeah. But the minute we say something, we're not supposed to have a voice. Well, you have a voice. But now we go, we go, go a lot, we go, go a lot further into it. Now it's all these trans, it's transgenderism and fellas winning women's races and all the rest of it. It's a load of nonsense. Mm. Okay, okay. Nonsense, absolute nonsense. All right, let's get. And some I for one as well, instead of a two Neil, to be honest with you. You're fed up with it all. I'm fed up with the whole lot of it. Yeah. Well, you know, the world is all about changing and progressing. You know. Yes, but the one thing that doesn't change is the church. I've heard people say, oh, God, the church uh, has to should, move the time. Maybe no, it should, maybe it should change. The church is empty. They're empty. Oh, well, my church here isn't empty. Well, you know what I mean. They are the big, huge it's, churches. And like, it's, it's, there was yes, a time on a, su- a, a Sunday morning, I was an altar boy. There was a 7 o'clock. There was an 8 o'clock. There was a half 9. There was an 11. There was a midday. There was the dancers' mass at half 5. There was six masses every Sunday. Now you'd be now you'd have parishes all over West Cork and South Kerry where they share the one church or they share the one priest in three different dioceses on a rolling Sunday basis. Churches are empty. Well, well they're not empty where I am. All right, all right, Maureen. Thanks so much. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number, 0818-104-106. Uh, you know, the, the lines that we draw in society is just quite interesting because we were talking last week about a family with seven children living in a mobile home in horrid conditions down in Little Island. And many people are saying, oh, how can you have a family with seven children? You can't raise them. You shouldn't have so many kids. Uh, I live in a private housing, housing estate. I own my own home. We have four traveler families living in our estate. These are ordinary people. They say hello. If they can do you a turn, they would. And Neil, I know a small percentage of travellers give the rest of the community a bad name. They're all human beings. Maybe if people treated them with the same respect as you'd like to be treated yourself, you just might find out how good living these people are. Some people would go to church on a Sunday, take Holy Communion, and yet they'd speak badly about other human beings. There's good and bad in everyone, including you and I. When I say you and I, I'm not, I'm actually talking about the people who are complaining about travellers. I bet the people giving out about them don't even know a single traveller, not to mention a traveller family personally. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Um, Adam wants to come back up, back, come back on actually, just in response to many of the calls over the last half hour. Adam, good morning again. 
Okay, so this all started with you, you know, honing in on because you were there and you saw the cross and you saw the different signs. What did yeah. you want to pick up on? Well, I suppose it's been kind of what I, what I would have expected from um, a lot of your listeners on that. You know, like they're acting like they're the victims and all this. You know, the Catholic Church has been kind of oppressed. You know, um, they're also bringing in every other issue out in society at the moment. You know, and trying to defend that position. Uh, okay, so some mentioned that the LGBTQ community have too loud a voice and those that would disagree with them do not... Voice. There was only one voice that had a very attacking message out there. I mean, it, look, look, the language they've used is almost like it's a battle at the moment. Well, I tell you, that community wasn't going down the road with any anti, anti-Catholic messages on the day, you know? And I know one of your listeners said, well, St. Patrick was the patron saint of Ireland and that there should be religious representation. That's fine. I have no problem with any other message. I don't think anyone else had a problem with any other message on that, uh, on, on that cross, except for that one message, which was marginalizing all that community. You, yeah, I, but I, maybe it was broader than that, though. Maybe it was sexual immoralities of lots of different types. Well, yeah, you could say that really. Yeah, uh, somebody but said it's somebody Catholic. says it's just jumping into bed with everyone and anyone. Go out to a nightclub, pick up on a guy, yeah, pick sounds, up a girl. But it is also yeah. it is also a direct reference to just the wider the wider sexuality of people nowadays. You know, it was a direct reference. So, to that. sexual immoralities on that sign could actually have been more to do with, say, promiscuity. See what I mean? And listen, apart from all of that, I mean, there's a lot. Look, you could take anything except for the missionary position. That's sexual immorality. So I think everybody, whatever you're, whatever you're into, whatever you're doing, it was basically an attack on nearly everyone. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, who the hell are you to be my moral compass walking down the street in front of my children? <laughs> who the hell are you to get? You know, if you want to celebrate your religion, celebrate your religion. But don't bring in words that have been used to oppress communities in this country for the longest time and around the world. There's no two ways about it. That, that, that phrase encompasses the LGBT community. Simple. And, uh, and maybe it, inc- maybe, it, inc- maybe it, it includes in. the LGBT But if it includes it, it has no business. It has no business being there. No, but maybe maybe some people some people may well believe, and in a democracy, you're entitled to your belief that long time ago there was no sex before marriage. Every woman that got married was a virgin. Belief. If it wasn't, nobody's oppressing those beliefs. Nobody here is oppressing those beliefs. The only one that was trying oppression was the person that decided to put that on the sign and parade it down the parade for every for every court person to see. You know, it was, it's it's, and then they're trying to defend it. They're trying to say that they're the marginalised ones and all the rest of it. You're backing up the biggest, the biggest, one of the biggest institutes in the world that has had a hold over this country. But people who are, but people who are Catholics, perhaps staunch Catholics, do have very, very grounded beliefs, and uh, they do, of course, and they're entitled to that. No, but they feel, they feel in the the world, and they gave J.K. Rowling as an example between the biological difference in the sexes, as an example of if they open their mouth, they get, as we call it now, cancelled. Or attacked. They do not get cancelled. You're, you're talking about cancelling the, the, the Catholic Church and, and people that support it. That's not happening. And that's not the argument. We're just asking you, we're just asking you don't parade hate messages down the feckin' street yeah. on a Patrick's Day parade that is aimed at family, you know? Have your belief, but this wasn't the place for it then? Of course not. Okay. Hey, hey, look, it's the place. If you want to spread the message of God, I'm okay with that. I've no problem with that. 
but don't wrap it up with this feckin' homophobia and parade it down the street and then come on air and act like you're the marginalised group. It's ridiculous. It's actually ridiculous. You know, like, like, like I told you, like, like, like when I rang the first time, I did say there was a very sinister underbelly in this country sometimes that comes out. People don't even mean it. You know, but it's just because the church has had such a hold over us for so long. You know, that the older generations, you know, and look, I'm not going to hate on them. You know, I, I, the, the people that rang in and had those, uh, the last couple of callers that were trying to defend that, I'm sure they mean well in their own way. And they're just trying to follow what it is that they were told was going to get you. Their Catholic doctrine. Uh, yeah. more, a good moral standing in this country, you know. I, I'd say it's akin to brainwashing, to be honest with you. So I don't blame them. You know, but if we don't call this bloody stuff out, and as one said, you know, the church is meant to know they may not be forever. If we don't call this bloody stuff out for what it is. So where are we going? As and that, uh, that Thursday in the St. Patrick's Day Parade was not the place for it. Okay, thanks, Adam. Appreciate no it. Problem. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Earlier this morning, I mentioned a headline from one of the newspapers that said, now we have a generation of people who are leaving Ireland and have been for quite some time now, not because they couldn't get a job, but because they couldn't get a house or they couldn't rear a family or they couldn't get a mortgage or they couldn't even afford rental. Big response on that and lots more besides. Our government announced that refugees, asylum seekers and now Ukrainians coming to Ireland in the near future will be offered their own properties. Um, uh, that's irrespective of any entitlement even to be in the country. As they say, you couldn't make it up regards to our own. Uh, I agree that prices are out of most people's reach now, but I think people want to have their cake and eat it. Um, we bought our house in 1996 for £64,000. And I know that doesn't sound a lot now, but at the time, it was huge. But for a whole year, we saved all our money we used to go out on a Saturday night and turn us cross have a pint of a pint bottle of Bulmers for the night um, but that was it we saved 24,000 pounds by cutting our cloth and got a mortgage of 40,000 which is now paid off you have to put in a little sacrifice to get what you want but saying that I feel sorry for younger people trying to get on the property ladder as wages have not kept pace with house prices says Paul no they haven't not by a long shot if you're looking at three bedroom semis and housing estates now in satellite towns around Cork at 385,000 before you put a stick of furniture in it now, except that you could, you could say, ah, yeah, well, you can get the house, but you don't have to walk into it with furniture in every single room or wooden floors down or tiling or a full fitted kitchen and all everything done. No, you don't. I understand that. But even if you didn't, even if you just moved in to empty rooms, it's still outside of the reach, you know? Uh, single man on the housing list 11 years and all that time I've never received a single offer a couple of years ago I couldn't get on the choice based letting scheme uh, and I sent an email asking why I got a reply saying we received a letter from you saying you wanted your name off the list they sent me a picture of the letter not only was my name spelled wrong but my current address was also wrong they obviously searched my name and removed me from the list without even contacting me um, morning my mother is in a council house living alone kids grown and divorced so she has a three-bedroom house to herself. The council need to look into things like this because I'm sure she's not the only one living in a big house all alone. Uh, thank you for that. I can't help wonder how your mother feels about living in the big house uh, alone, the home that she reared all of the family in. I mean, I can't imagine that she's in a rush to move out. Uh, but I'm 21, hoping to never have to rent uh, and save hard money to buy a house in a couple of years. I've worked since I was 14, Always got beautiful presents from my family over the years. It made me thankful and appreciative. But I always knew the value of a euro. 
uh, and how hard my parents would have to work to provide me with the same. Our generation get an awful lot, sorry, our generation get an awful doing over our so-called privilege and what people think we expect to land on our laps. When in actual fact, the vast majority of my age group and generation are harder working than generations before because we know for sure that nothing comes to us for free. Uh, just one or two more. Just wanted to touch on the housing subject. Myself and my partner in our early 30s, both working full-time, splitting our time between each parent's house, which we're very lucky and grateful for. If we were to go out in the morning and rent, we would literally be working to pay rent and bills. That's if we could even get somewhere. I understand how some people need certain requirements met for housing. However, uh, the people that don't and just refuse a house, for instance, because it simply isn't good enough for them, or their image is an absolute disgrace. And they should be removed from housing lists to make room for those that do. We would take a house anywhere once we could commute to work. Systems broken once again in our country. Some of the reasons, I suppose, as to why people are leaving Ireland. Uh, they can't get a house, they can't get a home, and it's such an expensive country. I mean, you really would think twice before ever having children. Uh, back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. All right, uh, I'll go back to your calls in a second. Just another few then on the reasons that people are leaving Ireland. It used to be jobs now. it's uh, There's plenty of work, but there's no housing. Um, the free house people are the very people who throw lavish parties for their kids' communions and birthday parties. They drive the most expensive cars while we, the taxpayers, supplement their lifestyle. And they want the state to pay for everything for them. The working man who gets up in the morning and can't afford a mortgage is always forgotten. Uh, I work full-time. I'm on the housing list 11 years. We're not able to get a mortgage because I don't earn enough. I would love nothing else to own my own home. And we are not spongers. Uh, I just want to give you another angle with regards to, say, social housing. I have a social house. Myself and my husband both work in retail, which isn't a high wage. We could not get a mortgage, so applied for social housing. We do not claim any social welfare payment. And work damn hard, I can tell you. What annoys me is the constant comments about free house, free house. By the time I retire, I'll have paid over €200,000 for this house in rent. This may not seem like much, but when my friends were buying houses, at the time they were about €150,000. When they retire, they will own their houses. We will still have to continue to pay rent until we die and will not have anything to show for this in the end. That's a very interesting point. I read something somewhere and just on the subject of, um, you know, generation rent or generation homeless or generation couchsurfing. It also said in the article I was reading, I hope I remember correctly, that when people are renting all of their life and can never get a mortgage, right, and they can never get their own home, by the time they hit their 60s and indeed their 70s and they're reduced to a pension, they're screwed because they can no longer afford the rent at that stage. And I bet there are people listening to me now who are in that boat or approaching that boat when they quit work and, you know, no longer work or are able to work or, you know, hireable to work, uh, they will just have the state pension. How then are they going to have uh, the income coming in to pay 1200 or 1300 or 1500 a month? Where do they go? Who do they go and live with? Anyway, text 0868104106. Particularly if you're in that situation, I would love to chat with you. Jason, good morning. 
Can you hear me, um, I'm just, I, I was just rang in there about um, that uh, second to last caller. Uh, it's just infuriating. Maureen, that it, it, was it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, right. that, um, look, I'm not Catholic myself, but um, it's just infuriating that they're looking for a sense of victimhood, which she was, that she's not allowed to say this or she's not allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah, that they, they don't feel they have a voice anymore. The, the For want of a better term, the other, sh- the other side shouts louder. Well, no, like, the, the Catholics still have a voice in this country, as, as seen by census in the last few years, that the 70% Catholics, they do have a voice. And the vast majority of them voted for gay marriage a couple of years ago. They voted for um, the, the rights for women to have abortions. She's in the vast minority, but she doesn't seem to realise it. Yeah, that that answers me. That asks another question, though. Um, how many people are actually truthful with regards to their religious question and their census form in two thousand and sixteen, for instance? Well, that's a, that is another question. I, I don't think Catholic, I think people are Catholic in name. The Catholic Church they've done an awful lot of good in Ireland, and there's no doubt about that. But they've done a lot of damage. And my point is that a lot of the more extreme Catholics are looking for a sense of victimhood nowadays. In what way, like, victimhood? It, like that, she, she, that that lady, I can't remember her name. Maureen. She was just saying that um, she, like that, she's not allowed to to voice an opinion on uh, gay people because of her religion. But her religion, like the Bible, never. I don't think the Bible has any mention of gay people in it. Um, I'm quite sure there must be some references in the Bible to same-sex relationships. I think they're probably... Well, that is, uh, I, I don't think so, Neil. I've never heard of it in right. the Bible. Yeah, okay. I've All never right. read it in the Bible. Yeah, I think... I think I, listen, you caught me on the hop, but I think I did read something somewhere. But again, th- that wouldn't necessarily be, I believe, the thinkings of Jesus Christ. Like, we do know of Jesus Christ having walked on the planet. We're well, agreed no, on we that. don't need... There's no, there's no evidence that Jesus Christ... And I'm not, I, I don't All have right. to get into that argument, but there's no evidence that Jesus Christ ever uh, walked in... So you, know? you don't believe that even a prophet, um, you know... Well, look Very. at me, I'll just put it this way. Um, I'm not talking in, about the, in, not talking about the virgin history. birth now or anything like that. I'm talking about no. that an individual who, who, who people called Jesus Christ actually wor- walked well, on the planet. Well, the Bible was written by people that could never have, uh, were not on the earth when uh, Jesus Christ is supposed to have walked it. Okay. Yeah, not tr- not true. Not true. Some of the some of the disciples were actually. Um, the do disciples feature in the... didn't write the Bible. There's only people interpreted what the, the disciples wrote. And um, Roman history were, were, some of the, were some of the writings of the early of Christ's disciples not literally entered into the Bible as document evidence? Document. I, I, I put it another way: the, the, the letter, their the Roman, Roman history. There's no mention of Jesus Christ in Roman history. No, no mention of a, a person called Jesus Christ or a prophet. Or no, there was plenty of mentions of prophets, but okay. there's no mention of Jesus we're, Christ. Well, we're kind of getting into Christ denial now, you know, so maybe that's for another day, do you think? I mean, what about, say, for instance, the Gospel of St. James or the Gospel of Luke or the Gospel of, of Matthew? They were all, weren't they all? They were all opinions. They were the writings of them hanging out with, doing miracles and preaching with Jesus, no? But they were all, they all, they were all documented after, but the people that documented could never have met Jesus Christ. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but okay. So back to back to this this float in the parade. What are your thoughts on that? 
Um, I, I don't think it should happen. I don't think, look, we all have our opinions on different things, but I don't think hate stuff to do with asking you to, well, I can understand that the Catholic people, or the extreme Catholic people, have no problem with gay people. It's the act. Okay? But I don't think... There oh, be it's un- okay if you're gay, but you don't practice, is it? That's, well, that's my understanding of their, uh, their teachings. I'm very, curious, okay, I'm very curious as to how people will actually answer the census in April, you know, with regards to their religion. I mean, what, what are the, what, like, what options do you have? Is there a box to tick? There's clearly a box to tick for no religion, isn't there? It's the, it's the first box, actually. They've moved it up. It was always kind of, um, the question was always kind of lent that if you, what, what's, your, what's your religion? And people will just say Catholic out of... Um, yeah, that's about 84% of people, isn't it? Um, I think it was a bit less than the last census. It might have been less, yeah. Maybe I'm co- actually, you know what, you're right. I'm actually looking at 2011. 84% yeah. Catholic, 2.8% Church of Ireland, uh, and 6% um, no religion. Yeah. It's the way the question was asked was, um, what, what is your religion? And the first box that you had to tick was Catholic. The vast majority of people in Ireland will tick your first box. I think what they, they've changed it now through um, Humanism Ireland they've changed it that the first box is no religion and the question is asked do you is it do you practice a religion so I think you will see a lot more people and look I, it doesn't really like it, I would tell I would ask people like in the census to be truthful if they're like even if they don't attend church I know people that are, are religious but they don't attend church I know, if but how, how can we be how can we be truthful? Like, for instance, in a hundred years' time, when people look at the census in my home, they'll see two people having ticked the boxes, Catholic, right? And they'll see yeah. two people having ticked the boxes, no religion. But yet, of the two people who ticked the box as Catholic, I'd be one of them. I'm a non-practicing Catholic. I'm 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 reared Catholic, but I don't necessarily agree with all of the all of the doctrine behind it. But Neil, the question is that if you had a child, would you get the child baptised? Yeah. This, this, oh, this yeah, is my yeah, opinion. I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. Well, you would have to tick the box that you're Catholic, that you want to continue on as a Catholic person. But I wouldn't be a practising Catholic, though, you know? I'm big, oh, so I'm why big would fan. you get your child baptised? Because I was reared that way. That's the only issue with the, the But that is the problem. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> How are we going to fix the, the likes of me? <laughs> The I people know. who are skewing Neither the sense. I don't know how we're going to fix you, but sure. We'll <laughs> all right, Jason. All right. All right, pal. Cheers. Lovely chatting to you. Take care. Right. Okay, we'll right. keep it going. Keep it going. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We're back after 11. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. And indeed, you can text 0868-104-106. And I'll come back to our topic of conversation again, hopefully a little later this morning, certainly tomorrow. So keep your text coming uh, on everything we've been discussing this morning, 0868-104-106. And also, what you're going to put down in the census. And I know one aspect of the census that's quite interesting now is the census time capsule. You'll be allowed to put down a comment that will be read in 100 years' time. We're encouraging people online and also by text to tell us what will you put down as your census time capsule comment 
Text 0868104106. Talking of time passing, I mentioned earlier on this morning that yesterday was the fifth anniversary, five years on, from the disappearance of Cork woman Tina Satchwell. I was reading from the Echo this morning that the Gardaí are continuing, say that they're continuing to investigate the tracing of her whereabouts and have issued a fresh appeal for information. She was 45 years old at the time that she went missing on March the 20th, 2017. I wasn't on the air yesterday, but I did want uh, to revisit um, five years on. Uh, Paul Byrne has been across the story from the off uh, for Virgin Media News. He joins me by phone. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. It doesn't feel like five years, but there you have it. Five years ago, yesterday... Uh, last sighted um, at Grattan Street in Yall and not a sign since. Yeah, um, extraordinary just to think that, as you said, five years ago, it did, you know, um, Richard and uh, Richard Satchel and Tina, his wife, were having breakfast at home five years ago today and he decided to go and do a bit of shopping in Dungarvan. Now, normally he uh, shops in Tesco in Yall, but for some reason he decided to go to uh, Dungarvan. According to Richard, he gave Tina uh, a kiss on the cheek, went off, came back a few hours later and there was no sign of Tina. Now, he was somewhat surprised because Tina never left the house without her two dogs and when he arrived home, the two dogs were there plus their parrot and, you know, he said maybe she's gone for a walk on her own just to clear her head. Um, Time went on and there was no sign of Tina. She didn't arrive home and four days later, he reported Tina missing uh, he went to the guards and said that she had gone missing and there was no trace. Uh, they immediately set up a, a missing persons investigation. Uh, of course, once you're over the age of, age of 18, you can decide to do what you want. Uh, you're, you're your own boss. But they did take notes and um, put it into their system. And um, as time went on, Gardaí began to become extremely concerned for her welfare. Mm. And it was um, a major investigation was then established. And the basis as well that she would have left home without any documentation, aren't I right? Like she wouldn't have taken um, her passport or um, she wouldn't have uh, visited a bank account or withdrawn money from an ATM or anything. Absolutely nothing. It's as if she disappeared into thin air. Uh, all her documentation was uh, left behind. Uh, she was seen the previous day, the day before she went missing, at a car boot sale um, in Carrick Tuhul. And that was the last positive sighting of Tina Satchwell. Now, Gardaí, in the meantime, were examining CCTV footage and mobile dash cam and everything that was possibly available to them. And they just drew blank after blank and again complete mystery as to the whereabouts of Tina Satchel. And did they check CCTV footage then at the airports and the ports and everything? See if she left the airports, island. Airports, the ferry ports they also had the um, UK authorities investigating if she had uh, landed in the UK No, you must remember it is very easy to disappear and arrive in another country in this day and age without being noticed unless you have a disguise but like there was Tina didn't appear to have taken any clothes with her there was none of her clothes missing that she would have had a a disguise in any shape or form so um, you know the the, the mystery grew deeper and deeper as the days and the weeks and the months went on so they were examining all aspects of the disappearance every angle was investigated 
and um, it, like I mean they were looking at CCTV footage hours and hours detectives had to sit down <clears throat> and stroll through footage from buses had she taken a bus from Yall into Middleton and on to the bus station but no they were quite satisfied that Tina Satchwell did not uh, leave the house or did not leave Yall um, at any stage during that um, time um, why did they go to Mitchell's Wood? I remember you were across that aspect of it in 2018 near Castle Martyr. Yeah, they, they received intelligence to say that a male was seen acting suspiciously at some stage in the woods. They sat down, they thought long and hard about conducting a dig because, look, massive resources would have to go into a dig. And it was deemed that the intelligence was... So, you know, concrete, I suppose, to their to, and it was to their satisfaction. Uh, remember, sorry, just prior to the dig, uh, at one stage, they also conducted a thorough forensically uh, forensic examination of Richard Satchel's house in Yall, mm. and there was nothing to suggest that anything untoward happened mm. to Tina mm. in that house. Um, the dig was carried out then in in Mitchell's Wood in Castle Martyr, and um, I remember. You know, there was a massive investigation, a massive search, and Richard, I contacted Richard, he came to the scene the day of the search, and I was interviewing him, and I said, you know, your thoughts on what you see behind me, and he said, I hope she's not there, I hope they don't find her, because all along, Richard is saying that, you know, he firmly believes that Tina is alive, and he said if they found um, a body in there, it would be his worst nightmare. Right. So he was hoping that, you know, that she wouldn't be found dead inside the woods. And um, his wish came true, um, you know, after an extensive search of the woods. I think it lasted three or four days. Um, there was nothing to sh- show that um, Tina's remains were in the wood. But they were acting on intelligence that they thought, you know... They well, they'd be damned if they didn't, wouldn't they? Exactly. I mean, if it came to, if somebody popped up in five or ten years' time to say, I gave the guards information. Yeah, you know, you yeah. always hear a story about yeah. a man out walking with his dog. Yeah. They came across the remains in a shallow grave. And then this man could come forward and say, well, I told the guards this five or ten years ago and they never acted on it. So as you said, they're damned if they're doing that. Yeah, they just don't. referencing some Liz Dunphy copy on this. She said that the Guardian investigated 400 lines of inquiry. As you said, hundreds of hours of CCTV searched the coast off Yall, Woodlands, 170 statements throughout the investigation and indeed at the time her sister said that someone has had, had a, has had a hand in her disappearance she believes someone she, she believes that she would have got in touch with her family she was close to her family she was. She was extremely close to her family. I mean, even though they were there in Fomoy, they're in, in and the family live in Fomoy. There's the, some people living in the UK, but they were keeping in touch by mobile phone. You know, um, they give each other a buzz. But um, yeah, you look as the guards will always tell you that somebody knows something and they've got the key to unlock this puzzle. And again, like guards will tell you that, given the passage of time, they are always hoping that somebody will, you know rack their brains or say look I've got something to say I should come forward and give that in piece of, piece of information remember just over a year ago of course uh, there was um, we, we think I suppose a glimmer of hope that uh, there was a breakthrough in the investigation when there was a body the remains yes. were found on a greenway in East Cork by men carrying out work, work. now 
obviously immediately when they were discovered that uh, skeletal remains were found people were saying Tina Satchwell yes. but it transpired that it was a, a woman in her late 70s whose body was exhumed from a grave in the coffin and, and, and dumped there for some unknown reason um, very very strange and I suppose any time there is if somebody's remains will be found in East Cork people will automatically think Tina Satchwell but Richard Satchwell <clears throat> is of the firm belief that Tina is alive and that she needed time uh, to clear her head in some space but five years on she's still um, missing and uh, we're no nearer the truth I'm going to play uh, part of my conversation with uh, Richard Satchwell after the break, a conversation I had with him here in studio back on the 12th of March 2018. How can you just disappear off the face of the earth and not get in touch with your family or your friends at some stage in five years? That's just hard to understand. I, I, I will say something, Neil. Uh, years ago in Ardmore in County Waterford, there was a woman went missing from her home and a lot of people thought that she had been murdered and she showed up I think it was about five years later out of the blue had she left and without had she left without keys left, passport birth cert ATM card like that just again vanished and it's not uncommon for people to turn up 20 and 30 years later and I know like families listening to this this morning who have loved ones missing they're always hoping that there will be a light at the end of the tunnel um, you know you, you'll have the likes of uh, Patrick O'Driscoll who went missing here from an address in Cork his remains were found Cahill O'Brien who's still missing from that same address the House of Horrors as it was referred to and Kevin Ball yeah. their remains were never found uh, Frank Blackie McCarthy who went missing from his family home in Mayfield um, he went out to meet somebody uh, near the Cotton Ball we'll say at 6 o'clock one evening 27, 28 years ago he still hasn't been found um, but people never give up hope um, people are always hoping I remember interviewing Richard Satchwell as you did on many many occasions I said to Richard have you anything to do with her disappearance? Did you harm Tina Satchwell? Were you responsible for her disappearance? And he emphatically, you know, just said, I had nothing whatsoever to do with her disappearance. He wouldn't harm her. He wouldn't lay a finger on her. Um, he's always there, ready to open uh, the door and greet her uh, if she comes home. Okay. Thank you, Paul, for that recap. Appreciate it as always. Paul Byrne with Virgin Media News. After the break, my conversation, not all of it, because it was a very lengthy conversation, uh, but a good portion of it with Richard. Richard Satchwell from March of 2018. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818104106. In studio, a very exhausted looking uh, Richard Satchwell as we come up to the anniversary, March 20th, 2017. The Monday morning etched in your memory uh, every single waking hour since then. I know you spoke about the day in Carrick at the at the boot sale. Yeah. And I know that you came back via Castle Martyr and I know that Tina was going around saying to people, um, I would never do anything to, to hurt Richard. I love him too much. Um, I, I was very interested in that part of the conversation and, and I'm not here to trip you up or catch you out. I have no idea what happened to Tina. Although if you were to ask me, I don't think she's alive, Richard, because if she was alive, she wouldn't be putting people through this dig. She'd reach out to somebody, uh, you know, she wouldn't put her loved ones through this. As I've said many on many of occasions, I don't want to go down that road. Because if I go down that road, I know the way I feel already. Mm. So if I lose hope, then I've got nothing left. 
But that day, coming back, what, what did she talk about? Do, do you recall anything that might have been going on in her head? The drive back through Castle Martyr? Uh, the drive back was, to be honest with you, saying it was always this. I'd drive stay at the car and I'd be selling stuff and we've said this on the n- numerous occasions. People just tended to gravitate to us. Yeah. So I'd have a lot of people coming up to the car talking to me. She'd be going around the car boot by and talking to a lot of people. And every time, it didn't matter what car boot it was that we went to, even if we was like, say, up country when I was driving a truck with her in beside me and she'd go into a second-hand shop and she'd buy something, she'd be excited over the purchase. And that'd be what she'd be talking mm. about. She'd be taking them out of the bags. She'd be holding them up. Did, did, did that put the two of you under a lot of financial pressure? Was, was Tina working? No. Okay, was but it your, just your income? Well, said. She, she was a bargain hunter. Okay, so she would turn around for profit and what have you? Well, no, she'd buy, she'd use, she'd wear, and, and then, then, then she'd sell them. Okay. Off. So that day coming home, there was nothing untoward, there was, like, you didn't row, there was no, no fight? We, I, did, I, we did exactly the same as what we did every week. We'd go to a car boot sale, we'd come back, I'd go into the house, make tea and a cup of tea, then I'd spend half an hour emptying the car, putting stuff away. Then it'd be like... We'd get a takeaway. Every Sunday we'd have a takeaway. And at the time, Apache in Yorda was doing a twenty one ninety nine deal where you got two large pieces, chips and dip and stuff. So what we'd do, we'd have one pizza that night and the chips that night. Put the other one in the fridge and read okay. it for the following day. Gotcha. And that all went through fine. That was normal. She that ate normally. Normal. Yeah. Nor- everything was normal. Because yeah. you, you said on, on CRYFM that, um, that she did hit you in the past, that there were fights and that there were arguments. I, I, I'm not saying that she was an abusive partner. Titina was one of these. Now, she's a great woman. I have not got a bad words to say about her. But then you you said that, but then you said that she beat you. But um, she, she could have a flash temper. She could be there like, I'd just hit you and then she'd be crying, apologising. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. There was no intent. Did you no, ever hit back though? Never. Yeah. Yeah. Never. The most I've ever done, uh, like I said already, there has been a lot of stuff within the family. And at the worst times, the most I've ever done is holding my arms tight until she's gone down. You love the bones off her, things we said. It's just my life. Yeah, but I suppose, I suppose we all hold things back in life, don't we? None of us tell the 100% truth about all of our relationships. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 and like, we don't, like, and I'm sure you're the same. No, you, you probably aren't being 100, not with me anyway. You may well be with the guards. Well, the guards know everything, everything to do with the stuff that I will not talk about. This they, thing they, about they, 2012. They, they, where they, they've, was, got, they've got it all. Yeah, there the was some, some issue with the family that led to depression, that led to her, um, Wanting to go, do you think? Do you, do you, do you think that, that this four years, six years just became too much for her and she just wanted to go? And if so? Well, personally, I think 2006, 2010, 2012, the lot all added together. And the guards know of these instances. The know, yeah. So, so would it be. Was she helped? Did somebody from y'all help her? From from why? Do you think she may have been having an affair? Do you think yeah, that's that one thing I know? Hundred percent in my heart, she never has done or would do. That's why I now believe the comments around the car boot the day before was about. 
Oh, don't do anything to hurt him. Well, why say that? That's a bizarre thing to say. For somebody to walk around saying that to people, it, it, it seems out of character unless there's a reason for saying it. You haven't managed to work out why she was saying that. The only thing I can, I can say is that she wanted me to know that, yeah, I'm not there. Because I didn't find this out until a week, ten days later that she was saying this. The only thing I, I draw from it, and it keeps me going somewhat, is that I'm not hurting you in the way that I've been off with somebody. I've been faithful to you. I know there was four days. You know when she, you know when she went that yeah. morning? What did she take with her? As in items of clothing, yeah. I, I honestly can't tell you. Because... she take I, anything? I've, I've had a lot of abuse, like... Or somebody buying that amount of clothes, obviously depressed and all that. But if that was the case, she would have been depressed before she met me. Because she'd she been the same since she was a child. She loved her style. She I mean, loved that's her. not a sin. I've had members of press ring me up before I actually got used to the numbers. And they'd answer, because they know that I wouldn't spend any time on the phone with them. So they were starting with, did you not ever think about putting Tina into a psychiatric hospital to the fact she's got clothes with new tags hanging off in the picture that... Well, well, I don't understand that. What, what's wrong with having new clothes with tags on well, them? Well, you see, well, I, I personally think it's like they try to antagonise me so I get nasty so they can paint me in a bad light. They're goading you then? I've, I've even had it where a reporter I got home from work after doing an overnight stint I pulled up outside home yeah, ironically, it was the same night I ended up discovering suitcases. And I pulled up outside the house. I didn't even guess which engine off on the car before I got bangs at the car window. I was after booking to pick sort of takeaway up at the um, Roma Grill because at the time I was waiting for the guys to come take the suitcases away. But I never handled them suitcases. One was in a bag that you couldn't see and one was identical to they're the ones you found at the, at yeah. the car park but when the guards got there and they took them out and examined them in front of me I knew there and then there wasn't Tina's so she, do you don't know if she took suitcases well, I know she took suitcases I don't know what clothes she takes. but she did take clothes she did because the suitcases are gone Tina's got so many clothes why would you take a suitcase of clothes and not take a passport or, or she doesn't have one ok why didn't you have one well one you'd never get Tina on an aeroplane no Never, you would not. Okay. She's okay. used the ferry. But, um... She hasn't been spotted leaving the country in any of these exit areas. So no no passport, no mobile phone, uh, no purse, no ATM cards, um, but 26 grand in cash. Yeah. Like, I remember when I sold my house, our first home, I never got cash. It went into a bank. How, how did you end well, up with 26k in cash? Well, you see, it's, I know it's always been reported as it came from... The sale, the sale of the of house in Vermont. Yeah. But if people go back or people listen to recordings and stuff done at the time, we, the depositors, paid to the auctioneer. We picked that up ourselves. But this checkbook wasn't being done... So he gave us so many thousand in cash, which he got from the bank that day. And it was a, a good amount of cash savings from doing the car boot sales for three or four years. So an auctioneer gave you? Yeah. How much? Well, that's something I'm not willing to discuss. It's not the full 26,000, 
but you know certain details. It was the deposit that the buyer put yeah. on the purchase of yeah. your house. Yeah. Okay, so could have been eight grand, ten grand, or something like that. Yeah. And the rest of it then was your own your cash savings over three, four years. Cash savings over three, four. Okay. Years. It was an, an incredibly silly thing to do to keep that money in the house, though. You you do know that. Well, yeah, but um, very likely, other than going to car boot sales, there would always be one of us in. No, you went to the car boot sales That's together. I say, other than going to the car boot sales, that would be the only time, really, there'd be nobody in the house. Okay, but you kept and it, it was, And it was well hidden. Okay, right. Do you, feel, do you feel angry or bitter towards her that she would take your life sa- savings, leg it, without letting you know she, she clearly had told you she was unhappy because she had all sorts of issues in her life leading to these... Am I angry? Depressing. That's one I've answered a lot. That she's left you high and dry, no, facing no, the no, media, a search in the woods, and I'm she... I'm not angry as such. I'm disappointed in the fact that when I went through my bad spell, I sat down and I talked it out with her. And the closest thing to anger that I come, and it's not anger, I'll probably be misquoted in the press tomorrow by saying that, but I spent my life trying to give everything being good to her give her the life that my father gave my mother and then this happens and I'm anything but a good thing what do you mean you're anything but a good thing? well I know people who said bad things about me I know that people walk up and say to me did you hear this it was only the other day I had a girl that went to school with Tina and that we also know personally together walk up to me and she said I'm telling people well you'll end, you'll end up giving Richard an apology because we all know the way he is with her well I suppose your interest in you is because you're the, your husband and you're the last person to see her yeah. alive yeah so that's why I mean you know I'm not saying you're, I'm not saying I, I don't know I mean I don't know do the guards regard you as a suspect in her disappearance I said this before um the only time, and it was because everything was so raw for me, that when they searched the house, I did feel that way. But I have never been called in under caution. I've done everything under my own accord. Tina's mobile phone, which I've continued to pay the bill on month to month. Yeah. But when the guys did talk to you, were they... Were they they weren't aggressive towards no, you? There no, wasn't good cop, I'll, bad I'll cop be, or anything? No, like? I'll be honest with you now... And I can't say a bad word against the Gary. They've been very good. I've been... Basically, if I want to, virtually any time, I could contact the detective in your barracks and go down to your guard barracks right. and sit down and have a, a chat off the record, a cup of coffee and that down there. Yeah. The guys have been very good in all fairness. Yeah. I remember some months back um, offering you... Um, an opportunity and I said I would pay for uh, a lie detector test I, I actually have a, a, a booking for you if, if you wish to take up on that um, why did you bring up the whole lie detector test, test thing in the first place was it because people said you I, I, killed I, I your wife twied. at the moment and I answered the same question on the community radio in your I just feel too low in myself but why did and you bring it up you said I would do a lie detector test because I've got, I, I absolutely got nothing to hide. To prove I, what? That you didn't... Yeah, I've, I've got nothing to do. I do not know where Tina is. Yeah. I have presents at home I bought for birthday, anniversary, Christmas and Valentine's. 
I'm keeping everything going as best I can to try and keep stuff as normal as I can. Do you think that... Okay, so you don't think it was an affair. You think that she's still alive. You don't think she committed, took her own life, do you? I, I that's, that's one thing I am totally kind of... She's just not the type of person to. But did she... Was she close to... Was she a very close friend, didn't she, in Fromoy? Yeah, she got a friend in Fromoy that... I, I knew that they were very good friends. Yeah. But I met her there with Barry Cummins last week... And she's after saying, basically, Tina confided in me as much as what she did. In her? Yeah, you know. So she has nothing to add? I do, well, the thing she said to me, she herself, if anybody asked her where she thinks Tina is, and this is what she said to me last week, she thinks that she's probably in the UK as well. How could she get to the UK? She'd be picked up, uh, leaving the country. Like, uh, how can a f- best friend say that? when Tina hasn't contacted her and they're digging up half a castle martyr looking for her and she's well, not see, picking up the phone and saying, I'm okay. We're, we're, we're all there. Everybody. Tina's family, friends. We all know it's out of character. We all know it. If she, if she, um, you know you said that she wouldn't want you to talk about the things back in 2012 but yet you did talk about the fact that she hit you or you did talk about the fact that she said she'd get the guards if you followed her what would you say that if I said you were selective about the things that you want to share and don't share like one of the key reasons that she has disappeared is because of something in 2012 that nobody will talk about now I don't there's somebody that you and I both know very well knows the full story start to finish there's stuff that I will not put out there. Somebody in the media does know. And I have been asked on numerous occasions, in fact, to the point of practically begging to let it be out there. But if I let it be out there, then yes, I agree, there will be a lot of weight off my shoulders. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying you, you will admit that she hit you, but you won't admit something that would get the pressure off your back. Because I know, at the end of it all, the focus would go from Tina over here to a different place altogether. Yeah, but what would be so wrong with that? Because right now, you're either in the public's eye, um, guilty or innocent of whatever happened to your wife. So, you'd lift that weight off your shoulders, wouldn't you? You're married, Neil. Yeah. If your wife come to you and said to you, made you promise so solely on something would you leave it out there but she's gone she's gone nearly a year there's no sight nor sound or hair on her head spotted since well I can say the guards know everything there is to know I respect my wife's wishes I always have done you've like you said you've spoken yourself to Tina's family and they do not even want to discuss it I don't my, know my opinion I don't know is, whether it would help or not well my opinion is if I put this out there not only would it be betraying Tina it could be the one thing in life that could push her over the edge and I'm not taking that responsibility okay, okay. so you are going to Live in hope. 
That's why that I she have. doesn't turn up in the woods, but that she turns up at my front turns door. up at the front door, even though that's fairly unlikely. Yeah. Well, I've had um, stuff said to me that people have gone missing before for a lot longer than a year and turned up, even yeah. in Ireland. So, yeah, yeah. And not read and well only if she's held against her, w- her will. I mean, I, like the only way that somebody would turn up after a long period of time is either they had lost their memory, they were being held against their will, because otherwise they'd contact someone like their best friend. Like I live in Oak. That's all I can say. I, I can't go into Washington's brain. How will you I, feel if the, if if the guards call you up and say we've made a discovery in in Mitchell's wood? I'll be an emotional wreck. Yeah. And to be honest with you, suicide, no suicide apart. Even without suicide, I say it wouldn't last six months. Okay. But you never mentioned there when I asked you the question about finding out, being wanting to be part of finding out what happened to her. Would that be a part of your reaction? Well, that's all. That's, I mean, that's a question that's answered for itself. That's obvious. Well, you didn't obvious, say it. You just said everybody wants emotional to. wreck, suicide. I, but you didn't say to me, I want to know what... What killed her? Who killed her? How she died? Well, it's like I say, their, their thoughts, I try not to think. I go, I, I get up some mornings, I can sit downstairs and just do nothing for hours. You'd sit and in if, the same spot. And, and if it wasn't for the dogs, having to look after the dogs, well, I know that's what Tina's expect. And to change the parrot's food and fruit and that daily and stuff. What have I got? Do you eat? Now and then. You don't sleep, you, you don't eat, you don't have a friend staying with you, you have nobody in the world. Uh, the only people that seem to want to spend time with you are the media. Like it's, it's a fairly dark place for you. You're on, you're on antidepressants. It's, it's tough. I'm not denying it's tough. And she knows I'm, all of this? She I'm knows all denying, of this, you think? I'm not denying that nightly... Little Ruby, the Chihuahua, we have her licking tears off my face nightly. You know? All I can do is stay at home, wait for the phone to ring, hope. I don't go to church, I've never been religious, even though I did grow up going to Catholic schools and everything. I don't go to church, but I have started praying. I know, I know. I Listen, I hope you don't mind me asking this, because I just want to put this to bed. Um, were, you, were you ever in jail? Yes. Okay. Do you and want to tell me why? I was caught, what they call it, social welfare fraud. Right. I was working while claiming social welfare. Was that here? Or? That was here. Okay. So that has absolutely nothing to do with anything regarding the disappearance? No. Okay. Right. And what was that like? Uh, as regards being in jail? Yeah. Like, what was that like? Well, the truth. Yeah. I think I'd sooner be there than where I am now. Yeah. Were you there for long? I was there for a month. In Cork? Yeah. I spent from the 12th of December to the 11th of January. I was in prison over Christmas and New Year. Did Tina come up and see you? And No. She didn't come up to see me. I asked her not to, because it's not an environment I'd like it to be in. But we did speak every evening on the phone. I believe five or ten minutes was allowed. Yeah. 
I must have been told. Because I, I, I thought it was in jail in the UK. You're saying it was in jail here. It was jail here. Not person. Not no, in the, no. Never in jail in the UK. And why, why are the media showing an interest in that now, do you think? Well, like I said, the media don't care my feelings, yeah. Tina's feelings. Yeah, they just roll on. So and find they another angle. On, that's all. Dig, 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 dig till you find something. Yeah, just they just want to make me look bad. They want to sell the newspapers. They want to turn the public on me, trying to wind me up, trying to get me to show a nasty side. Yeah. It's, that's, that's what it is. All right. I've never denied to anybody, anybody who's asked that I've been in prison... Or that I've been to the UK. No, the only reason I asked was I didn't know why, and um, I, I think I just wanted to know whether it had been anything to do with um, no. issues involving uh, aggression or GBH no. or anything like that. And, no. and it wasn't any of those things. No. It was social welfare fraud. Um, mind you, you still kept the 26 grand in the house after that, didn't you? Well, yeah. so you right could have been going back again. Was well, that undeclared right income? No? Well, who knows? Yeah. As far as I understand, it's not illegal for anybody unemployed to sell stuff on a car boot sale. To go to, yeah, yeah, to make a profit at a car boot sale. It's not illegal. Some profit, though, isn't it? Well, you're talking... Over years, You're maybe. talking over a number of years. Yeah. You're not talking over 12 months or it's two peanuts. years. It just, it's know, peanuts. It's peanuts. Like you could go... But it just grows over time. Well, yeah. I understand. You could go and you could... One week, you could make, say, 50 euros. Yeah. Another week, you could make 150. I know. Yeah. There was a week that Tina's brother in for my decided to clear his house out. Do you have a good? Do you have a good eye for um, a bargain or an antique? Would you spot something that I might think is junk, kind of? Well, we never went into it like that. Basically, it was stuff bric-a-brac we didn't want, and Tina's clothes. Tina's a bargain hunter. There was a juicy couturean bag to which I gave to the to the actress that did Crime Call. Now there's been a good number of bits over that as well. I you gave a handbag to yeah, the model who yeah. did play Tina's part. I bought Park. Tina that handbag from a second-hand shop. So why did she give away her handbag? She, she, she comes back, she'll no, have a fit. No, I didn't give it away. It was for the film. Oh, I see. My apologies. Yeah. And I bought that handbag. I paid 25 euros for Sorry. Inside a charity shop. Tina would not pay above five or six euros. A but she loved the handbag. Yeah. She loved the handbag. Now... I had it out there, but then some newspapers were on where all Tina bought it. She was excited when she bought it herself. And, you know, everything is twisted. She loved a bargain. She so was excited by hunting they, on bargains. I, I, I know I got a lot of flack as well for the same person that I did the interview with. Was for our 21st wedding anniversary, I, I converted a big bedroom into a walking wardrobe. Also above that, there's two attic bedrooms. One's got a sunbed in which we drove up to Dublin to bring back in. So none of that put you under financial pressure or strain, did it? No. Well, we, we paid 50 euro for the sunbed. We travelled up to Dublin to pick it up. Okay. But then there's another room with her handbags and shoes in. So she got a room with her clothes, and then another room with handbags and shoes, and a room with a sunbed. That's, that was Tina's world within the house. When she'd come home, she'd go upstairs, she'd, write, she'd pick a rig out, say, if tomorrow's sunny. And she'd have a second one picked for this. I understand. Yeah, I have no issue with any of that. It's, you know, that's your but life. other people have. Other people have condemned me. And why did you say you won't take the lie detector test that I offered you? Uh, I just, I've had no sleep in a week. Yeah. I've been up and down Dublin. No, I need, I need a rest. I need a break. I'd be afraid to take a lie detector test because even if I had nothing to hide, I'd still be afraid I'd fail it. 
Well, I, uh, as I've said, and I've also promised another person, another member of the media, that when I do, it'll be with that person that I'll do it. The lie detector test? Yeah. Okay. Not me. I've, um, if, I, if I give somebody my word... All right. And you did, and, and I want to acknowledge I, that. I, I, I came back Thank and I actually you. got in touch with the show yesterday, yeah. saying I wasn't feeling too well. I understand that. And, 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 and I wasn't... I was expecting a phone call... But in fairness to you, you're here, and I, I am grateful for that, and I don't mean to in any way um, harass you. I, the questions may have been difficult. They needed to be asked. I'm sure you appreciate that. Thank you for answering them. I think it would be a good idea if maybe you, you try to get some sleep or try to have a good lunch or a dinner that's or something. Easy, that's easier said than done because while we've been here, I put my phone on silent, and for the last God knows how long, it's not stopped going. And that was uh, March 12th of uh, 2018, coming up to the uh, first anniversary of the disappearance of his wife. And that recording is four years old now. And of course, absolutely no sight nor sound of uh, Tina Satchwell. That was her husband, Richard Satchwell, in studio four years ago, almost almost to the day, not too far off. And now I have... Uh, I've gone back to uh, Richard on a number of occasions over the years, uh, but he doesn't do a whole lot of talking now anymore. And I suppose in some regards, he's got on with a lot of different aspects of his life. One of them was of interest to many people at the time was uh, a lie detector test, which never happened uh, in spite of the fact that we had chatted about it uh, four years ago. It never um, amounted to, it never came to fruition. Um so that's five years ago to the, um, pretty much yesterday, almost to the day that she literally walked out and disappeared off the face of the planet. Back after the break. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number. 0818-104-106. And you can text 0868-104-106. Uh, interesting. To, oh, in case you forget to, to, to tell you, Gilabi Veterinary Hospital is doing a free general checkup for dogs next Thursday from midday to 4 p.m. for Ukraine. You ring in to book your slot and you donate then whatever you can on the day. So everybody wins, uh, including you and your dog and your dog's health. So that's Gilabi Veterinary Hospital, a free general checkup for dogs. Give what you can afford midday to 4 p.m. But please ring to book your slot in advance. Um, Michal Martin didn't get to uh, meet Joe Biden. Delighted he didn't get to meet Joe Biden, says John. Short and to the point. I was wondering whether on a human level, anybody felt sorry for him in the sense that he got COVID and couldn't go to the White House and he's stuck in Washington and apparently will be stuck there until at least the 26th of March. Stephen says, no, I don't feel sorry for him. And another one here, quick question. Uh, did Michal Martin feel sorry for the people he stopped from living their lives, meeting friends and family because they didn't take the vaccine? No, he didn't. In fact, all he did was blame unvaccinated people for the spread of the virus, which turned out to be lies and misinformation. Meanwhile, of course, we find ourselves back in a bit of a, on a sticky wicket with regards to COVID numbers and hospitalization. But do bear in mind, as everybody's often been saying, uh, it's the ICU number you need to come keep an eye on. And yesterday was at, at 49. And we also heard the confirmed cases in hospital as of yesterday morning being 1,185. Now, that's the highest number of hospitalizations due to COVID since February 2021. But it's not due to COVID. An awful lot of people in the hospital uh, tested positive for COVID. But it wasn't COVID that brought them into hospital. It was other issues. Uh, so they're the figures and they're the stats. And, uh, of course... 
some people. It's really weird, actually, because when you when you go overseas, like I was talking about four days down in Alicante, lovely, lovely area, Avier and uh, and areas like that. But um, it's all masks down there. I mean, they really are just sticking to the masks and it's masks and all of the, you know, moving around inside in pubs or moving around in restaurants or moving in and out of hotels. It's masks, masks, masks. You come back then and you're wearing masks and you forget. <laughs> Walked into a shop yesterday, still with the mask on. But there are those who are saying we should be back to masks. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Uh, regarding St. Patrick's Day parade, there's no way in hell that that person was a genuine participant in the parade with the cross of the crucifix. Uh, you need to contact the parade organizers to verify it. Uh, well, we have contact, contacted City Hall for comment and I'm awaiting a reply at some earlier on the program this morning. Uh, it's a moronic thing to do. They are antiquated views on people's sexuality and people need to get with the times. The Catholic Church is finished. Good riddance, only a money-making machine, just like Google. With regards to a float in the parade displaying Christian messages, do people realize that the day is called St. Patrick's Day, a day celebrating a man who brought Christianity to Ireland? If they have a problem with it, they need to rename the day. Well, if it was deemed as somebody having a go at gay people, uh, surely that is the problem. Um, what if her grandchild was gay? Or her grandchild was a drag queen. God help her. Ignorance at its finest. And that, I suppose, is a text regarding my conversation with Maureen, who says to a large extent, people who are Christian or Catholic, their voices are not heard anymore. Keep those texts coming. We'll pick it up in the morning. You can text 0868104106. And one or two other issues then, of course, I was saying this morning as to why people are leaving Ireland. It's no longer because they can't get a job. It's because they can't get a house. Uh, Myself and my partner are saving for the last two years. Hopefully next year we can go for a mortgage. It's very hard for first-time buyers. We both work full-time. And there is no help. It was, I was renting a few years back for 1200 and that was years ago for a two-bedroom apartment. It's crazy. And of course, it's gone way above 1200 now. You'd even find yourself lucky, you think. You'd be lucky if you got something now for 1200 euro for a two-bedroom apartment. I live in a private housing estate. I pay my mortgage and my way. The children of the so-called yummy mummies are left to roam around the estate until late at night, kicking footballs off people's houses and damaging people's cars. Their dogs cause fouling and it's not picked up after them. Yet, when their parents are confronted about the damage, um, they rear up and they start mouthing off. So antisocial behaviour happens everywhere and not in council estates. There's another couple for now. The housing situation is an absolute joke, except it's not funny. People are on the housing list for years and years. And I know someone who got a house after being on it for eight months. Makes me so angry. I'm on the list 10 years. Uh, one or two more. I'm raging hearing you talk about people saying council houses are free. There are no free houses. I live in a council flat with my son for 10 years. I work full time and I pay 88 euro a week rent. I've never begged for anything in my life. I struggle at times, as you can imagine, having a teenage child who's highly involved in sport four nights a week. But I get by. I have a car parked outside my flat because I work damn bloody hard to get the car. People boil my blood with their constant criticism about council tenants. That's just a selection of texts we'll pick up in the morning. Text 0868104106. If you have a story to share, you can always email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.